Hello and welcome to Straight From The Off, a podcast based around the amateur football scene of our fantastic city of Liverpool. I'm Michael Watson and each episode we'll bring to you a local footballer, past or present, who'll share their stories of glory and despair with us on Straight From The Off. This episode's brought to you by the Bedford Beverage Co., the best pop-up bar in Liverpool. I'll tag them in all the social media and put the phone number on the website. If you're looking to have uh, any sorts of parties, weddings, things like that, this is the best bar that you can get for outdoor venues or warehouses, festivals, that type of stuff. Um, Today's guest is professional footballer. He's played in the Premier League and right throughout the Football League. He's also played in the amateur game in Liverpool from a young age. Welcome to the pod, Kevin Ellison. Cheers, mate. Pleasure to be on. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for coming in, mate. Um, so we'll start off with like the usual thing of what I say to everybody is basically, how old were you when you first started playing football? Who did you play for as a kid and what team do you support? Um, first memories of football was probably I was eight, maybe seven, eight. And um, I got invited to go and train with Winchester, who were down the Lower Brecht, the pub down Lower Brecht. And obviously I was from the Everton part of Anfield. So I went down there with obviously... Terry Murray and that back in the day I think there was a few younger lads as well and so um, that was my first memory of my first team if you get me Winchester yeah. and um, supporting Liverpool as a kid growing yeah. up yeah. I'm starting to get more reds on now it was all it was all Evertonians at the start I'm, I'm not thinking, a red now oh you're not a red now fucking hell oh no so um, did you end up playing what league was that in and there that was in the Anfield Junior League that was yeah. um, and it was a I enjoyed it. It was a good group of lads back then, and obviously, as you say, wanting to growing up with a football and where kids go to the academies and that fives and fours now and pre academies, yeah. and then back then I think eight was probably the the main age to go and start trying to train for a football team. Like, yeah, it's completely different then, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. And people say I'm a dinosaur, but I look back and I wouldn't swap what. I had as a kid to what my little lads got now. Obviously, I used to be in the street playing football. They're not allowed to do stuff like that. And now they used to yeah. play man hunt, climb trees and that. And yeah. here they are now. They're on the Xboxes and iPhones and Snapchat to birds, aren't they? That's and sat it, in the house. Speaking to someone 50,000 miles away on an Xbox, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, crazy times. When when Gregor was on, he's done the first episode. He said he went to uh, Sanford Everton when they were eight and he didn't even have a team. So now the way there's like... At eight, at eight, probably at Everton, they must have about five, six, seven teams. Then you've got the satellite hubs, so they'll have a satellite hub in Burnley or bits of Manchester out in Sowie and all that. Whereas when they went then, he said it was just him, Franny Jeffers, like Sir Bogo, and they just went and they basically started the team. It's just mad out to think in that 30 years now, the difference in it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, how it's changed, as you say, there, there was no, even... When I went, I went to Everton, I think, and I was, it was a centre of excellence back then, do you know what I mean? But it yeah. went, it was twice a week. Yeah. and Nights, nights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, obviously at the old Belfield and you'd be lucky to have, you'd probably have a game every half term or something or maybe once every six weeks where yeah. now they're playing Sundays, aren't they? They're in most days there, training at them, places like that. So um, I don't agree with it, me though, if you're asking me, I, I don't like the way they take the kids away from, especially playing like, with the mates, I think that's where you enjoy your football more when you're playing with your mates. I think you learn a lot more when you're playing grassroots footy than you do in yeah. the academies. Yeah. My, my lad now is um, coming up to eight. He's a goalie. And there's other teams there who've sort of, they've lost their goalie. So, so their goalie can't play for them in the hubs. It's like basically more or less non-contact anyway. They're not going to get injured or kicked or anything like that. But they've lost a player at like eight who's had to go and play for it like a club side and can't play for his own little 
team that he, that he only started with a year ago. So every every couple of months, if a player does excel and gets picked up by these like academies, the team, then the grassroots, they're, they're going trying to pull other players in and it's like it's a bit weird isn't it yeah it's definitely it affects the football teams doesn't it because you've got managers who are putting the heart and soul into it and trying to build yeah. a little team for the kids to to play regular and enjoy it and as you say um, you've got the clubs coming in and taking kids they take them for some of them for six weeks and yeah. then let, let them go after six weeks so, yeah. so that manager's got to find someone else and then that kid's got to find another team and if he's lucky enough they'll have them back but some team fill the spaces don't they obviously when the lads move on because they think they're going to sign a, the club so I do I, th- I think the all that age thing of taking them to the academy is very young, and that takes takes a lot from from obviously the kids as, as a footballer progressing. Especially as I say, I, I do, and I don't know whether it's because I come through grassroots footy that I'm more inclined to. I I've got me backing for that, but um, I go to my little lads, and my little lads was what three years ago signed for Burnley, two years under 11s. He's now under 14s, and he signed two years there, and when he went there. He'd gone from playing and enjoying a Saturday and Sunday team with his mate who one of the dads set up a team at the age of six and they continued to grow. Obviously played together for five or six years and then there was little clubs wanting to take him. He went to Liverpool in and out and then obviously he signed for Burnley for two years and I come home one day and he's crying. He's like, Dad, don't want to go no more. But I could see when I went and watched him, he weren't himself, he weren't, he weren't happy playing there. And I used to ask him, what's up with you, mate? You're not yourself there, you weren't. Thing and he's like, we stopped moaning at me, but I weren't. I knew there was something up with him. So all of a sudden... A couple of months later on a Friday, he just burst out crying to me, he said he doesn't want to go. So I was like, Sam, mate, don't worry, I don't, I'm not pressuring you to play football, do you yeah. know what I mean? I said, go and enjoy it. And he's like, so in the end, he had to fight with Burnley to get his registration back to go grassroots. And they're like, no, he's being tapped up. I was like, no, he wants to go grassroots. And they're like, we're a Premier League club. I was like, yeah, but my kids come home crying, he's not enjoying his football. So in the end, my mum started obviously having a go at me, going, you need to push him into footy and do this and do that. I was like, mum, doesn't want to play. Yeah, but I've done it with you. But I wanted to do it, he doesn't want to do it, there's a difference, you know what I mean? So as you say, it's like, he's gone back to grassroots now and he loves it, he's happy playing back grassroots footy, so yeah. as long as he's a happy kid, I'm a happy dad. Yeah, that's it, mate, isn't it? First and foremost, got to enjoy it, there's no point trying to, if he's, he feels like he, it's a chore for him to go to footy, that's, that's no way to be playing footy, is it? No, definitely not, as you say, even like to me, when I've played in the programme, I've been at clubs and I don't really want to be there, and you'll see lads who will probably go, ah, oh, snap your hands, hands off to be there and have the chance, but... When you're not happy and you're not playing footy and you're not enjoying it, it there's there's no worse place to be. If I'm honest, yeah, it's an horrible, horrible sport and it's cutthroat. Yeah, definitely cutthroat. And I can go to where I'm at now. I've sat with you and having a chat to you and what's happened to me the last couple of months. I think like there is no loyalties in it. I hate the way like players get canes for leaving clubs and going here for more money or that. But they're looking after the kids in the future really because if them players were no good, they release you like yeah. how it's happened to me. So if you look at it that way, it's They've got to do the best for them and fans cane them, going, oh, Isaac Judas, he's gone here for more money and that, but that's not the point of view, it was shite. Yeah, it's the end of the spectrum, isn't it? So clubs can have people there for years who won't play, so it's like a bit of a mental torture for them. They, you, we're not selling you, you're not worth it, we're just going to keep you keep you in the background, plodding on, and the fans don't moan about that. But then if someone, for instance, like Coutinho, let's say for the extreme example, wants to go to Barca because that's his like dream or whatever. He's getting keen for it. Whereas if it's someone like, for instance, that Chiravella now who's just who's just, just agreed to leave, yeah. he's just been bubbling away in the background for five six years. You know what I mean? So there's different ends of it, isn't it? Oh, you can look at it from from both ends, really. Yeah, definitely. As you say with the Coutinho, you you're playing for your boy. He wants like that was his boy club growing up. Where yeah. everyone wants to play for Barca and the Reals, and then. 
you go to the little Spanish kid there who's just obviously been bubbling away for the under 23s, got the odd game, but it's hard because you like me, I go training every day, and even towards the end of my time here at Morham, I go training every day, and you wanted to play on a Saturday, that's that's your aim. Yeah. It's like so if you're training every day, putting it all in, and then you're not getting picked on a Saturday, and then you might you might put you in the resis on like 41 playing the resis this year. Do you know what I mean? They're probably the oldest football league resi player yeah. <laughs> in the world, but it's um it's hard because like. You want to play, and as you say, especially my age, I don't know how long I've got left. So for me to train all week and not be involved on a Saturday, it was it was fucking doing me head in. Yeah. So so we'll get to that and the and the pro stuff. So going back to your, your youth footy, um, after you've been playing for the for teams at that age, eight nine and that, what who did you play for then? Did you? I was obviously when I started off at Winchester, we had a good little team. We played in the in, the, in Stanley Park in the Anfield Road League, and ends up. Through the school, went to Our Lady and Machlit, which is on Everton Park, there on the hills. Went there and we we had an all right little team, like, but it was not a major for the junior school. We weren't winning things, you know what I mean? And then um I ended up getting offered a trial to go play for the schoolboys. Yeah. So I ended up playing for Liverpool schoolboys back then and you know, obviously um had loads of lads from like obviously Walton area and then the main one stands out was Branchy. Michael Branchy yeah. was like he was the he was the golden kid. Yeah, at our yeah. age group under 11s you know what I mean growing up he yeah. was like unbelievable did he and go he, to SFX high school in the end he went to yeah, SFX St Mary's oh, St. St Mary's he went to and obviously or Margaret St Margaret's St Margaret Mary's was it at, that, at the, the time that's what yeah. it was called I think back then obviously yeah. we were talking what for 30 yeah. years ago now schools have changed they're <laughs> academy schools now aren't they yeah. but um, he was the standout one back then do you know what I mean and like obviously he went on to do whatever he did and it's like a man um, child wasn't he then yeah and even she. when you look at it it's like he was everything though. I was talking to someone yesterday about him. He's like, he played cricket for the county. He was like, probably the fastest kid in the school at running athletics champion and stuff yeah, like that. And you just knew. He had, he had everything. It's like Sport Billy, do you know what I mean? He had everything about him. And so obviously, he played schoolboys, obviously, with him and that. And in and out of Everton at the time, obviously, going in with obviously the late Sid Benson. He used to take every kid, didn't he, from Liverpool into yeah. there and in and out of there. And then signed for Liverpool. For, was there for six or seven years. Till 14, 15, obviously still playing schoolboys. And they released me then at 14, 15, I think it would have been when they just but the year before the scholarships come. So, yeah, but sure. back then it was Centre of Excellence, you know what I mean? I got released by a letter. That's yeah. how they told you back then. I got a letter basically through the door saying thanks for all your efforts, but yeah. no thanks if you get me. Yeah, it's cruel, isn't it? It's horrible way, especially. I'd hate to be a kid now growing up because, as you say, the kids now who are going to the academies, they get to out of school, don't they, during the week? Weekdays yeah. and then they're there most nights and then they could be there for four or five years and then all of a sudden they're getting totally bombed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And these are ones who are getting bigged up and the pressure put on them from an early age, it's, it's cruel in a way. Yeah, it is, mate, it is. So in that Liverpool team, around about that age, you was playing there, any of them go on to um, continue playing for Liverpool or even pro? Chris Lane, he played for Everton. He obviously had a career at Hereford, Morecambe a bit. Um so he was, they were good non-league lads, really. Yeah. A few non-league lads, you know what I mean, I think. When I look back now, it's... I think there was me, Branchy, Chris Lane. And then, obviously, further for the under-14s, it was, like, obviously, Phil Jevons. He yeah. played for the under-14s with me. John Taylor, kid from mine, went to Tramier and that. And then you had, like, Tommy Culshaw, but obviously he played for the schoolboys and then left straight away because he went to the old Lilla Show back yeah. then. He went to England with Branchy. You had Gerard coming through, he played a year older, obviously our age group because he was that good. That's about it, really. Yeah. 
So what after you got released from there, then are you um, sort of back into the the grassroots, or are you, are you thinking about going into adult footy? Or no, I went. I had a few games. Obviously, went back grassroots, and then started fluttering around. Obviously, trying to get trials here and there of obviously at football league clubs and. Um, was it like letters then? Did you have to send a letter? That's what it was. It was a letter, and like people still like to this day. I spoke yesterday to someone again, as um, and used to send letters off. That obviously, can I have a trial at your place? I play here, and this is what I've done, and this and that. It's like a little mini CV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a bit strange because it's not like that nowadays. You got how many scouts are at football matches now for kids' footy from all over? Like you got Man United scouter in Liverpool, work in Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. But um, yeah, so when I when I played a bit for. Who was I playing for? 15. I went and played for Turpins, which is the local pub by me. My uncle yeah. run a team from there. I was playing like the, in the Zingari, I think. I think it was the yeah, Zingari, Zingari League yeah. back then. Yeah. At yeah, 15 yeah, and obviously... Tough league, mad. tough league, it was, tough teams. It was, there were some good teams in there, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I enjoyed it because I just wanted to play footy. I was going to school during the week and then on a Saturday I'd go and play for men's footy for the Zingari League, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was all right. I'd, uh, and then play for like AFC FC Canada. Yeah. With Tony Graham and that, and obviously the likes of Jamie Chandler and Festus and that on a Sunday. And um seen the pictures, yeah. Yeah, that was ended in that. That's a fringe. That was Alan the Barber's that on Breath Road, it's a pound and haircut. What league were they in then? They were in uh, the one on the Shankly it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but West it was Darby. like it was a mixture, it was a mixture of lad lads from all over the pill, do you know what I mean? It was like people look back now and you think it was probably the, the better lads who weren't at like pro footy clubs then yeah, and that so we had a good side. yeah it was a good little team do you know what I mean and then um, we obviously I used to go and watch the Seymour as well back then and my uncles were involved my, one, Henry my uncle used to wash the kit and then you got John who was like the bit of the sponge man and um, asked me to play a game and then I started playing there on a Sunday as well for the Seymour yeah boss club Seymour yeah it was a great club it's just a shame the way it's gone in it and obviously you look at it but I think for a few years a few years ago I think amateur football did die a little bit didn't yeah, it and obviously yeah, people lost the passion because they couldn't get lads turned up because they were out on the Saturday nights and stuff. Yeah. And I think it co- coincided with the club staying open past two. Yeah, that's what I think it did. Because <laughs> I think I was after reason my uncle used to come and knock for me. I've been in the old five one and he'd come and get me out of bed on a Sunday morning. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Go on, go on still in my still in my machine, oh shit. <laughs> Some crackers then. So um, what was it like playing for the Seymour and Adult Fussy? Obviously, you're only a youngster. What were you? Were you a big lad then? Or no, it was. It was I never really grew. I probably started growing like 18, 19, I think, because I used to moan when I was playing for the Seymour. Obviously, my groins and my knees were hurting me, and I'm like, oh, am I doing too much yet? But I didn't know at the time it was groin pains, where now kids get diagnosed, they go and see physios now. Back then, 20-odd years ago, it was just like struggling with, like, obviously, my knees and my my groins. And, like, I remember being out one night, and I seen one of my old schoolmates in the Barcelona. He's like, fucking hell, have you been in a grow pot? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you've shot up. But I didn't realise I was actually growing, do you know yeah. what I mean? So playing for the Seymour and that, I was a skinny little kid. I'm still skinny now, but um, it was intimidating sometimes when you go to like the Almatech who were playing back then, do you know yeah. what I mean? And you go there, Sefton Park. and then teams, yeah. They, these were good teams, do you know what I mean? You had the old crocky and that. You like you look at them and you think, fucking hell, I was playing men's footy back then. Where yeah, now, them. Yeah, if you look at it now, it's probably, I think there's more technical and better players, isn't he? But back then it was fearless because... Even to get smashed back then, you used to get tackles like it was unbelievable. You go back and like Teddy Murray was. I played a few games with him, and you seen yeah. some of his tackles. You're like, how the fuck do you get away with them? When you look at it, like I look at the R pitches now, and you see pictures of um, like Jimmy London lifting a trophy and that, and I'm thinking, must have been like getting hit 
by like fucking soon back then, you know what I mean? Like, on the dockers, like big, big strong fellas like that, just fucking hell. It it looked it. I don't know whether it was the kids as well or dead sight and that, but they all look like big units back then, you know. What yeah, I mean? well that's what it, when I look, I had we had um, Ballard who was from Kenny, we had Brick, who was obviously a nickname because he was fucking solid. You had big Ted Murray who's Teddy's dad, and then you had like the likes of Darren Anna, these are all big fellas, you know what I mean? I was a skinny little kid and then you're coming up against obviously the pineapple chunks back then and um, used to play the, the Brit in the sand and obviously back then I had a few naughty lads playing for them do you know what I mean yeah, they yeah. try and intimidate you a little bit but I just love footy and I weren't asked if someone would kick me I'd get up and get on with it do you know what I mean and now if someone kicked me I'd probably get up and argue back with them and have a go at them where I've probably got a bit of confidence in that now but that's back then you're, you're the arse now yeah that's, that's, that's what it probably is obviously but um as you say, I used to get kicked and smashed everywhere. I remember playing on the Dockers Club and a, a score past Carrots, the big ginger. Yeah. Big ginger fella, do you remember him? He was Leadership. fucking off his head. And I put a few past him, I think, for me, it bounced in between us. And I went asked. I must have been about fucking nine stone then. And he must have been about 16, 17 stone easily. And I wanted to score. And there I was, just put my head on it, do you know what I mean? Knowing I'm going to get my head sucked off by him. And he punched my head off, but I scored on the Dockers Club. And yeah, that was like, really tough, yeah. being as a kid, you made up, do you know what I mean? You're scoring men's footy and everyone's like, fucking hell, good kid, him and he's fucking all right, him. Yeah, yeah. So did you have a bit of a, a reputation as like a new kid on the block? I think I did a little bit at the time, yeah. But the, there was another few, like obviously Lowy was playing for the, obviously the Sandman back then. And um, yeah. there was a few good kids knocking around. And... Um, but I just, as I say, I just wanted to play footy, do you know what I mean? I didn't care what level it's even now. It's like, people speak to me, what are you going to do? Would you play Sunday footy again? I've got Tobo asking me to play for Brit over the Hill Mob. And then yeah. I've um, I've got the brow who my little brother plays for and fucking everyone trying to get me signed, do you know what I mean? But as I say, I'll go and play next season at whatever standard. And as you say, back then as a kid, you just wanted to play footy. And I'd probably done too much footy because even if I weren't playing for Tapins on a, a, sun, a Saturday afternoon in Zingari, I ended up like going for trials like Stanton Stantondale, do you remember them? Yeah, it's only time, them? It was only did you? It was only yeah. time they're all there. Yeah. I remember going there for a, a bit to yeah. try and play, do you know what I mean? It must have been 16, 17 there enough then, do you yeah. know what I mean? So it was just like I wanted to play footy and I remember signing for um a team I used to play, obviously for the Singari and then for the Seymour and I think there was is it Saint Ali's who were in Heighton? Yeah. Who Blady's dad. What's Tony yeah. Blyde, was yeah. it? The Ali's, yeah. Yeah. So I remember signing for them and then obviously during the week, my uncle come to mine, who obviously I play for Tavern, he's like, you fucking cunt. I was like, what? He went, I didn't know. Obviously, people knew each other and I just wanted to play footy and they're like, come and sign for us and play for us. So I'd sign for them on a dual registration type thing just because I wanted to play footy and I, I didn't have the balls back then to probably say no or play for yeah. my uncle's team. I just thought, yeah, well, I know him and he's meant to be good. He was a decent player. I go and play for them and I never ever up playing a game for them but I signed for them, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So that's in Gary League. Then I played in that obviously a year or two would have been later than you. So I played for St. Phillies, but there was like Roma, East Villa, APH, um, Neltech. They had loads of boss like established teams from for years in there. And then obviously it merged them with the County Comp to be this the Liverpool Premier League that everyone's got now. So County Comp had like Waterloo Dock, which would have had lads playing for the Seymour yeah. and stuff like that at the time. So was Shorty at the Seymour, yeah? Shorty was man, he took recently took over, he still when I first played a few games, he played here and there, but then he obviously was getting on, weren't he? So he, he actually took over, then he was manager when Shorty was manager when I, I started playing for them, yeah. Yeah, great fella, mate. Yeah, fella. tough fella. So going back to your school days, then senior school, you went to Campion, yeah? I went to Campion, yeah. So would they, did they have a good a good school team in, 
Not we had um, one or two. We had obviously like Ryan Lowe who went on to play pro. We had Lee Fairlong who was fucking yeah, great, great kid. Great. You know what I mean? Just I, obviously I remember him at Bearscope, but he was just fucking fast, mad. fast. Yeah, unbelievable little little stocky kid. When he's been, I watched him right in a. It might have been like a sort of challenge cup or something like that, and it was against Liverpool for Bearscope. And he over it kicked um, that Frodo Kipper, Frodo Kipper, and yeah. the face and split the doors open. <laughs> and Frodo Kipper was like, "What's going on here?" And well, I don't think it was much long after that that they stopped um, like teams like not Bearsco but County Comp teams playing against Liverpool and all that. So the Doc used to be able to play against Everton in them Challenge yeah. Cups, would it be like the 19s or the Resies? I think they stopped it now at like counties level. So. But uh, I remember watching it, yeah, and him, like a lawless and that were playing. And I remember Frodo Kip was like holding his nose, pouring with blood. And uh, I fell along like looking at him going, oh, get all plans, you know what I mean? One of them. Yeah, he's a fucking good kid as well, right? Lee. Like, so, um, but he was a great player. I just, I remember when we were in school, he got not, a, not Forest on trial and stuff like that, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. none of the local teams, like the Liverpool Evans Trammy, is it? But yeah, Forest. And Forrest was a massive club back yeah. then. And That's what Sobo said. Sobo went to Forrest on a bit yeah, of a Yeah, I think of, there must have been obviously a, a, a scout scout somewhere floating around because obviously the likes of Lee went. But then, um, yeah, there was only like me, obviously Lee Fairlong, who was very good. And you know, obviously you got other lads who went and played like obviously Saturday and Sunday footy, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, good but, um, Not really to go go on and further than their careers like. Yeah, it's mad though that you said about Lowy, the two of you sort of the same route in, in like... Sunday League footy then to a good standard counties then obviously bigger teams start coming in from you get like you got your move from Malta you got his from Bershko so it's, it's a it's mad that the two of you sort of went the same route and, and played together innit? yeah it is it was, as you say we grew up in the same area and on near Brecht you know what I mean so it was like for us to go to the same school and then as you say we're, we're both like he's gone on to manage now he's fucking doing unbelievable managing yeah. any do you know what I mean I'm still hopefully still playing yeah but it is the Give him a bell, I see if see if I keep trying, I keep trying. But um it's just when you look at it like that, I don't like I say to people now I I take my route going through the grassroots and playing non league and obviously Sunday footy, I loved it. I'd take my route over going to the, do a scholarship and who knows what'd happen. I'd definitely swap like yeah. I wouldn't swap it for for the route I took, and but obviously, I don't think Lowy would either. There's obviously different routes, isn't there? We had Paul Brown on the other week who'd started pro and then come down the leagues, whereas sort of you started low when I and then played in the leagues yourself. But it it's a different it's a different curve, isn't it? You can come in at all different angles, can't yeah, you? Yeah, definitely, and that's why I still think to this day I don't like lads get let go at seventeen, eighteen at pro clubs, and you think like I try and speak to the younger lads now at our place, and it's like. Don't get your head down, mate. I got fucking bombed from like shitty like League Two clubs, like conference clubs were telling me no back when I was a kid. And then I went and signed for someone in the Premier League, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's I, I tell them don't get disheartened that if you believe in yourself without being cocky or that, keep yourself fit and that you've got a chance as long as you don't give up, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I look at your your like nice sort of sorry in um same as like Stewie Barlow's Barlow's playing Sunday, Saturday League, next minute couple of weeks later he's playing for Everton in the Prem it's just like it's unheard of and it doesn't really happen even Vardy's it was like a rise, it's a rise to yeah. the divisions but going from like Alti to the Premier League it's fucking hell how, how does that work like it was massive mate and obviously as I say because I was working and playing part time and then obviously to go and train with them for a week and then be told they're going to sign me it was like fucking hell but every day there was like a pre-season only because like I weren't fit as probably as a fit I am now I didn't used to look after myself as good and 
every day was like pre-season because the tempo were there training that where I'd gone from delivering fucking furniture on Breck Road three piece suites and wardrobes yeah that was your fitness getting playing, up the stairs yeah all playing Tuesday like train Tuesday Thursday and then play on a Saturday do you know what I mean and then obviously there it was had gone there but as you say you look at Stu Ballow went on to play with him at Stockport like what a fucking yeah. great lad as well Lovely do you know what I mean yeah, no, I'm, well, I'm going to get and, him on you know I'm going to yeah, get him on he's a fucking great lad and um then you look at Mark Grugel as well. Mark yeah. Grugel was another lad who played obviously Sunday footy and then obviously went on to Everton. Didn't he had a, a good age group where you think fucking hell, he might be past it in, but yet went aside for Everton and fucking I think he was twenty twenty one at the time himself, weren't he or something yeah, like that? I, I I prefer that story, mate. The late the late comer, it's it's a better. I I think that's part of the reason why I'm still playing because I feel grateful and like humble that like don't get me wrong, I've worked hard to get where I am, but I appreciate it more in a way than obviously. Don't get me wrong, if I was 15, 16, someone said, there's a scholarship, you're going to get this and drive a 60 grand car the way they do now, I'd snap your hands off. But I think I, I'm grateful and I appreciate it more because of the route that I've come down, like going through obviously non-league and playing grassroots and playing in the football league. Yeah. So let's go back to, to the non-league stuff, the semi-pro stuff. So after Seymour, you go to the likes of Sowie. How, do, how does that come about? I end up going to Sowie with the likes of, obviously, speaking, Ryan Lowe played, Lee Fairlong played, James Glenn Denning. Yeah, James um, Glenn. Stuff, yeah. stuff like that. We we end up having, like, a resi, a resi team there, but it's basically just all scouts lads, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was good. Went there and obviously playing in the U Cup, and I remember getting beat away to Lincoln, who were in the Football League then, and then got asked to play for the first team for a little bit. I had three games, I think. I Who was the gaffer then? Ronnie Moore. Ronnie Moore, So yeah. I'll come across him further down the line, talk about in a minute. But um, <laughs> I played three games in a week in the conference back then and I just passed my test driving up there and it was like play on a Saturday train the Monday because we had a Tuesday game and then play on the week Welling away and then I remember going in to see the gaffers like Ronnie Moore said any chance of some expenses here do you know what I mean obviously um, I was in, I think I was in sixth form then like in camping yeah. and stayed on an extra year because I was brain dead and um, he gave me 25 quid check for petrol expenses and I'm like Fuck, it cost me more to get up there do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so where I was continuing to play for like the Seymour on a Sunday the Chorley manager was used to watch them he obviously the games obviously used to be non-league managers at the Sunday games at the Dockers Club and then, and then Brian Griffith was at the time when and asked me and spoke to me to go to Chorley he gave me 75 quid a game back then which was like yeah, decent. it was decent monies back then do you know what I mean so I thought yeah why not I'll pay for me 05-1 like that yeah, <laughs> do yeah. you know what so I mean so this is like mid to late 90s or mid 90s yeah yeah I'd say yeah. 96 probably yeah. 97 yeah. something like that so I ended up going to obviously Chorley then and played in um, the which is the what was it the Unibon Prem yeah which it is now I think so um, I had some good times there and come across some good lads, you know what I mean? Enjoyed my time there. Yeah, so then, how does the uh, the next move come about then? I was playing for Chorley and obviously, I ended up, obviously still playing Sunday football because it was like a non-contract thing where you could still play yeah. back then. So, I ended up, um, Stan Allen, ends up coming, watching obviously Seymour's games and asked me what to fancy going to the League of Wales to have a game for Conway United, which was yeah. in the Welsh Prem then. So, yeah. Did you get any Europe out of it? Any no, I didn't. Games? Do you know what I mean? It was the, those back then when I played in the Welsh Prem, it weren't like it was now. There was only Barrytown who were like full time. They yeah. were like had lads on like a grand a week and they had all the cars sponsored and all the names on the cars. It was like they were the big hitters, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Back then. Where the likes of the rest of the, the Welsh league then was it was like semi like it was obviously semi pro, but it weren't as big as like when you look at it now you got the Connors Key Nomads just won the league and they're in Europe you got Ballard who go to Europe and stuff like that who my mates have all loved it and like I have banter with them like but you've never played in Europe do you know what I mean yeah. it's like have a bit of a laugh with them but 
um, it weren't like that then. Do you know, we played like the, obviously the Welsh Prem Cup, which was on Selly against Cardiff, yeah. which was good then. Scorio, yeah, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I used to put it on all the time, yeah. the afternoons and that. But um, it was a good experience. That's what I'm saying. So I went there and played left wing back. We had a number of scouts. Obviously, Tobo played, and you got a Colin Smith played. Yeah, he talked about Colin you know, Smith. Carl Fairlong, obviously. You had a, there was a good group of lads there. Do you know what I mean? It was like we were like I keep I laugh now because like Carl Carl Robbers eleven. I called us because that's all. It was just us against obviously farm like it was farmers back then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Big Welsh fellas who just kick you. Yeah, eight and scousers don't they? everywhere you go. Eight scousers and just kick you everywhere where. It's probably technically better now, the Welsh Prem, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I did have some good times there. I loved my time playing, obviously, with Tobo and that, and I still speak to him this day. Yeah. So how long were you there for? That a season or something? I'd done a season there, yeah. And then they had Harry McNally, who was like, he was mates with Stan Allen, who was the manager, who was like the Chester legend back then. He got a Stan named after him at Chester, and he was something to do with Alteringham, who had recently just been promoted to the conference. They asked me to do a fancy going to have a chat, and... Um, see what see what see what they say to me, and so I went over to obviously to Alti. They in the summer they just got promoted from the uni the uni the conference north it is now into the conference. So I went and spoke to them and thought it was a good chance, obviously to to kick on and see if I can see where I can get in my football career. Yeah, could you tell the difference? Yeah, it was there? massive because obviously when I'd gone there, there was ex, loads of ex pros playing. Some of them were on good monies. Do you know what I mean? Back then it was fucking they were on good monies, and you had lads who played like. 300 football league games and the difference like even to the standards of fitness and that was totally different where in the, for obviously Conway it used to be a piss up and stuff on the way home and mad where obviously don't get me wrong we had our piss ups on the way home at Alty and that but there were clubs who were full time there do you know what I mean even massive like yeah. Kidderminster and you had your Hereford who were full time and these are like some of them being like football league clubs so it was it was good to me to try and test myself against against them teams if yeah. you get me Probably round about that time, Kidderman, wouldn't Jan Mulby? Jan Mulby was Mike Marsh. Yeah. Do you know what Marsh. I mean? Like they got Mike Marsh was the yeah. gatekeeper, wasn't he? That's what I'm saying. They were like they were obviously the big the big team, one of the yeah. big teams in it, along with like Rushton and Diamonds. Yeah. Back then and um it was good because obviously I was still I think I was what, 19, 18, 19, just saying, and obviously playing in the conference, testing myself against a good standard and obviously pros who someone I looked up to some of them like obviously the older pros come to the end of theirs but there were still lads that I knew off the telly and that and I wanted to test myself against Yeah. so that wasn't full time but you had to but no I wasn't full yeah, time then. That was to, how, how often did you have to train then Tuesday night Thursday night and play on a Saturday do you know what yeah. I mean that was it so you're still working on, on I was I was still working delivering furniture and that do you know what I mean and yeah. obviously trying to combine it but then we got relegated that season obviously I think I scored 14-15 goals and we got relegated which is like Personally, for me, was yeah, very sweet, good. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I was good because we got relegated and there was meant to be bits of interest from, obviously, clubs and football league clubs and bigger clubs. Back then, I remember going on trial at City under Joe Royal when I was when yeah. I was at Alty. Yeah. And I um, had a few games for them, went in training and obviously, um, next thing, nothing worked out. Was Granty there then? So Granty was there yeah. and that, yeah. Obviously, I, I come across Granty further down the line at Chester's and that. Yeah. When I look at it now, it was like... I don't think I was myself. Got no one saying before about being happy and being. I felt out of place there. I don't know whether because I was confident of that, but then um, we got relegated that season for Alty. So I, it'll stick in my head the day that obviously Leicester, when he ends up going signing for them, was it was a bit mad because I played we played Droylston away, and in the obviously the warm up and then ten minutes into the game I banged my knee, and I'd done something to my cruciate, and obviously I ended up being out for three or four months. I remember coming home and then my, next thing my knee had swelled up. I ended up in Vazakhossi. 
next thing when I got back fit, they was like, obviously, I didn't know at the time, uh, Mark Ward was manager and obviously they were telling me clubs were still obviously phoning and being interested and obviously taking me on trial and monitoring my progress, how my injury was going, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the end, it was like when I back fit, I played a couple of games and obviously in the meantime, I jib work because I ended up used to go to the, the fitness first, is it, in Aintree, the gym yeah. there. I used to go there every day to get fit because because of the knee injury I had, I wanted to still play footy and still have the best chance I could. And I, done, I had a good season, personally, the year before, so I was thinking, I can't throw this away, I yeah. need to stay on top your of chance, it. Jib, your chance. Jib, jib working and obviously just can't concentrate on getting fit in the gym every morning. So then um, it was mad because like Leicester, when I got back fit and played a couple of games, Leicester um, phoned the club and asked, would they fancy going in on trial to have a look at me in their environment? Did it, I mean... Obviously, you're open to playing in a football league, but you for one minute did you think a Premier League team was looking at you, or did you did you sort of know? Did, did anyone? No, I, I didn't. You know, when you look, I look back now, it's like growing up from like 14 onwards. I used to write letters and ask for trials here and there, and I got knockbacks from the likes of Tramiers and even to Southport back then. Knocked me back before they took me and. The Blackpools, the Wiggins, the Paul Vales all said no yeah. to me. So all the local teams, yeah, like all Betty the local all. teams, yeah, with like Berry another one, yeah. Um, Rochdale's and you look at it and they all like saying no um, basically we've got players here and then all of a sudden here I was like getting signed by a, a Premier League club which is a bit mad really yeah I bet you they all thought fucking hell yeah <laughs> we should have <laughs> took a chance they, they could have took it and sold it on you know what I yeah. mean I bet you that, that's what they were thinking so how does that sort of work out for you does someone just say listen we've had a phone call here from Leicester what, do you just, you just bounce in the manager's office and, and say do you tell you Leicester are interested in it? Yeah, they just pulled me after one game on a Saturday and said um, Leicester have been on um, Jordan a week again. Do you want to go there on Monday for a trial? And I was like, really? They were like, yeah, do you want to take you and have a look at you in their environment for a week? So I was like, Sam. So I ended up going with the keeper, Stewie Coburn, who was Alti's keeper then. He took the two of us because he was a good cat. And um, unfortunately for him, he never signed. He ends up staying and playing for Alti till he's fucking late 30s. Do you know what I mean? A bit of a yeah. legend there at Alti, a keeper. like so. Um, but I went there for the week and they were like, they were more than happy. I was training with the first team, obviously. The likes of Muzzy, is it? Robbie Savage, you know, Steve Guppy. Obviously, Achenbae was there then. Obviously, everyone remembers him. You yeah, like him. Um, five million quid, wasn't he? And, uh, Roberto Mancini, I had to laugh at the lads. The lads like, best player you played. I was like, I played with Roberto Mancini. Yeah. Like, fucking, you know, stuff like that. And it's gone yeah. from, I've gone from playing in the Dockers Cup with Terry Murray. Yeah. And fucking to play with Roberto Mancini, Murray to Mancini. <laughs> that, that's got to be a highlight on the advert for the podcast from Terry Murray to Roberto Mancini. You know stuff like You're that. Like that as fucking, well. It was um, it was surreal, like in a way. Do you know what I mean? It's Robbie Elliott was he there? Brian Dean, the likes of them. The no, it's just Matt Elliott. Brian Dean come as I was leaving. Matt Elliott, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Taggart, Jerry another Taggart, one. Yeah. He's just like he was a centre half, but obviously in foot, he was fucking hard as nails. The whole first team was shit. No, you like look at things now. And you've been around the football clubs and you think, oh yeah, he's got a bit of a reputation. He was a fucking animal, do you know what I mean? He, yeah. Everyone, the, the lads were terrified. I mean, just play up front in the five side, just say feed the bear and no one to go near him, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he come off training, just fucking bagged about 50 goals in five yeah. side, buzzing like, start smoking bifters. Fucking mad. Was, was Dick off there? Paul Dick off? They just signed, as I was leaving, two weeks before I was leaving, they, like, Dave, like Dave Bassett and Mickey Adams took over yeah. And obviously he brought Alan Rogers in, the Scouts fella, the left back who played yeah. for Forrest and that. Yeah. He brought obviously Brian Dean, Dickoff, they all come in because they were getting rid of all Peter Taylor's old lads and yeah. the younger lads and brought obviously experience in and obviously the Brian Deans and Dickoffs and all that come in just as I was leaving like. Yeah. So you've uh, you've 
gone up there for what did you put your up in zigs or something? I was up in a hotel, yeah, for a week and um it's fucking hard, like because I'd gone from my Mars on Brech, which was just a madhouse, all my uncles and aunties and family just there every day, to go into the hotel. Even so when I moved there, I bought a house there and um just fucking it was horrible. Just gone because I'd gone from like having like my close family on both sides around and being like close knit, I'd just gone to like living in Leicester out of like it was a fucking throwback world yeah, yeah. to, to live in on my own. Well, oh, it was yeah, it's fucking three hours used to take me. Do you know what I mean? I used to, there was times on a Saturday, Sunday night, I was 21, and like, yeah, I was going to obviously be involved in a Premier League club, but there'd be, there'd be times on a Sunday night when I'd drive down that M6 and I was, I'd cry to myself, thinking, do I really want to go here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking mad, but at the same time, I had a chance and an opportunity to be a pro footballer. Yeah. So when the. Um after you've obviously impressed on trials. So did you play any, like, games? Or did you- I did. No, you know, it's, like, mad because you look at lads now and they're going to have trial games and such like that. I didn't. I just trained with the first team and, obviously, they had, like, Tim Flowers, the England keeper in goal and we used to train and, obviously, I must have done all right because then I always remember in the did, shooting. Did you put any like, of them free kicks past them? Free yeah. kicks and shooting. I used to just twat everything with laces, do you know what I mean? Like, the, I still speak to my schoolmates now. I used to go, you used to toy the ball, don't toy the ball, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just good connection with my laces. But, um just like, I just always remember, just like, they couldn't get near it. And I think the staff and that must have asked the keepers and that about me as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I was all right. I was, I was decent finisher. Do you know what I mean? Back then. Yeah. So then they've, um, they sort of pull you in and say, look, we, we want to sign you. Did you, did you have an inkling that they were going to? I didn't, you know, they pulled me in and obviously just said like, the manager wants a word with you. So I went and spoke to him on the Friday. I was leaving to go home. And he's like, can I just have a word before you go home? He's like, um, we like what we've seen. We'd like to um, obviously offer you a contract. And I was like, really? And you're like, yeah, um, fucking, we this like what Peter you see. Yeah. Peter Taylor. Yeah, and I was like, oh, fucking hell, happy days. Full of goosebumps, do you know what I mean? I can remember sitting in the office, like, fuck me, happy days. So they're like, um, you have to, because I had an agent back then. Yeah. Because obviously, in between all that, I forgot to mention, I've been at Everton, like when I was like 18, 19, obviously back there with like Franny Jeffers, Tony Grant, and I was playing Rezies. Yeah. Obviously, Lowy done the same. I think Terence Brown, yeah. remember him played for the Brits? Yeah. He's done the same, played a few, obviously, games for Everton Rezies. They wanted lads in to fill the numbers, and now we end up playing. So, uh, obviously, being there, an agent got in, Peter Mack got in t- touch with me, and I spoke to him, and he said he can get me moves, which full of agents are full of shit. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says, that they're, they're in it for themselves. and as is, I've not had an agent for about 15 years now and I wouldn't use one again because I think they line their own pockets and they fill kids with hope. Yeah. I think they are honestly full of shit. So if you're an agent listening, I'm not apologising <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. If you're an agent, fuck off. Yeah. But so this is what I'm saying. So I went in, spoke to him, like, come in on Monday with your agent. So I went down, obviously, with Mark Ward, who was obviously the altering manager then, former Everton player, West Ham. Went with him and um, my agent. So I went in, had a chat and then... Um, Peter Taylor said, can you just, can your agent go out? Can you just go out a minute and have a chat to the lad? I told him I was working, obviously, to get a bit more cash, you know what I mean? So, as scousers do. Yeah. So, um, obviously, he chased the agent out, so I had a chat to him. He said, listen, he said, we're going to offer you this. He said, so-and-so. I think it was like, I think it was 600 quid back then, which was like decent money still, but I weren't asked. I just wanted a chance to be a pro footballer. I weren't yeah, asked about course, it. Yeah. So, so, I think they offered me 600 quid with obviously appearance monies and all that and shit like that. So, then, my agent comes in, he's like, he's not taking it. So I looked at my age, I was like, are you fucking mad? Are you tapping his leg? He's like, nah, he, he, like, you're going to pay X amount for him. He's fucking, he's jumped from this. It's going to be like one of the biggest fees at the time in non-league to go to the Premier League. I think there was only like, um, what's the ginger forward? The mad one who played for West Brom and all that. Uh, bit mad on ale and drugs and that. Lee, oh, what's his name? 
Oh fucking! I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Comes, he played for Port Vale against me a few yeah. years down. Did he play for Wales? He played. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you and mean. And he, he signed from Kiddy. He was the, like the season before he went from Kiddy somewhere for a decent money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, next thing I was like, I looking at my agents. They're fucking. Are you sure? Here he's like, no, he doesn't want to sign. And I'm like. What the fuck? Yeah, I do want to say. So he's like, can I go outside? You need to speak to your agent, Peter said. So I went outside, sat in the canteen, said to Peter, what the fuck? And he's like, nah, you're not signing for that. There's lads on. I was like, I know, but I just want a chance to play. I want a chance to play footy, do you know what I mean? So I went back in and Peter Taylor said to me, listen, this is what we're going to offer. We'll offer you 50 quid more. So it ends up being on 650, do you know what I mean? Or something like that. We'll offer you that. And um, it's take it or leave it. So my agent told me, nah, and I was like, nah, I'll take it. And the agent's like looking at me to say, like, don't, you'll get more. But it went. I just wanted a chance back then. To, but yeah. obviously, I probably could have gone to another lower league because I think there was like, there was West Ham's, there was Leeds and everything interested back then. And I probably could have gone there and got more monies, but it weren't about that. It was just one, I wanted to be a pro. As a kid growing up, you watch match of the day, you love your footy, and I just wanted to be a pro. And that's why I'd, I'd have probably signed for 200 quid a week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then you've signed for them and you're. Um... You're training with the first teams. So did you have any games with the Rezies then? And all yeah, that that's what... I, I don't live with regrets and I don't think you can as a, as a human being. I don't think... You, there's life experiences which you learn along the way and I think when I look at it now and I look back, I used to obviously train Monday to Friday there. I'd come home on a Friday, see me Albert. Friday night, Saturday night, I'd see me... Like the boys, I'd be out in town at Barcelona or the VR bar. Yeah, the VR bar. And then... Um, go and see me beard all day Sunday again and just eat shit all weekend and obviously I'm a skinny kid I used to get away with it but a bevy like not mad bevy but I used to just because I, I lived on my own in the hotel at first and then I had my own house I'd come home once I spend time with my mates again who I grew yeah. up with my mates with my cousins who, who I was close to next thing we play our resi games resi games were on a Monday night then so when I look at it now it's like I wouldn't drink if we were playing on a Tuesday I wouldn't drink Saturday night yeah. but yeah Back then, I would drink Friday night with my beards, go out with my mates Saturday and eat shit all day Sunday recovering, ready for a game on a Monday night, yeah, like so travel back so on a Monday. So you'd be a bit sluggish so, without knowing it. Yeah, without realising I was damaging my own like, chances and prospects of trying to kick on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I thought I got there and obviously I've made it. That should have been, when I look back now and I try to advise young lads, that was like the first rung on the ladder. I should have kicked on from there, but I never for certain things which... I only realise further down the line. Yeah, that's obviously comes with experience. Definitely, that, yeah. Come. So then your debut comes and it couldn't have been at a, at a well, sort of a better place for you, but a, a tough place as well. Yeah, it was a bit mad, the debut, because obviously I'd travelled with the first team a couple of weeks before, been to like the derbies, I was on the bench and stuff like that. I had like, I was on my way home, packing my car and um, throwing my gear in on the, on the Friday afternoon. Like the assistant man's going, where are you going? He's like, have you checked the board? And I didn't used to check the board really, like you meant to, but I didn't because I was like, oh, I've just only signed. I'm never going to be involved in the first team. So obviously, Gaffer yeah. pulled you on the Thursday and say, you're involved in the squad, we're traveling tomorrow. But I never heard nothing. So I just get in my car. I had a little golf back then. I just get in a car, loaded up. And I was about to go. And the assistant manager's like, where are you going? I was like, going home. He's like, no, Gaffer wants you. So I went back in. Obviously, the Gaffer's like, um, you're in the squad tomorrow at Man United. I was like, fucking really? He's like... Good job you never fucked off. That's really. what I'm saying. So I missed the boat. So um, I was like, really? I was like, Gaffer, um, I've parked my car. I've got this happening at home. Can, can I? And he's like, do us a favour then. You drive home and meet us at the hotel. So I didn't experience, obviously, travelling with the lads going up to the game. But I travelled home to Liverpool and then obviously went straight to the hotel. And I got to the hotel before the lads. So I went to the hotel there in the canal. Um, was just by, by Old Trafford there on the canal. The, the locks thing. So I went and as I say... Um, Next thing, obviously, name subbed the next day. I was like, fucking hell, I was playing for Altingham. 
eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking Bishop Auckland and Spenny Moores and stuff like that. And then here I am sat on the bench at Old Trafford. And back then, Man United were like, they were the best team in Europe. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. hate it because, like, obviously, Scousers ain't Manx, but they was. So what year is this, Kev? This was 2001. Yeah, shoulder the boss. So they've got Beckham's, the Keens, the yeah. Skulls, the Butts, yeah. do you know what I mean? They've got York up front, Yapstan played. Do you know, stuff like that. They were fucking, they were the, they were Europe's best team, champions of the league and that. And then, um, so it's mad because this day, it's like, I'm sitting there, it's probably the only scouser in the whole stadium and the Man United fans stand up with your eight scouts, scouts, cunts and this and then Leicester fans are joining in. I'm sitting, <laughs> fucking hell. It's a bit surreal, this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, I'm getting caned here without knowing it. And then, but I always remember half time because um, we had a lad who played for Conway in the League of Wales, a man kid who was a mad Man United fan, Lloyd, he's passed away now, sadly, he'd done a bit of like, obviously, non-league and scouting and stuff and unfortunately, he fell down the stairs a few years ago and oh, obviously, God. pissed and um, died. But Tobo knows him and um, so there it was half time warming up and next thing is like, Stefford and someone shouting me, I'm like, what the fuck's this? Man United then, do you know what I mean? It's like 67th hour it was there then yeah. and um so I'm like, who the fuck's this? So I'm looking over and you're trying to pick someone out. So they, they come downstairs and then they come, there's the pitch side. So I went over and it's like, it's like, fucking hell. It was my old teammate who had played with like 12, 14 months before. Do you know what I mean? Lloydie. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell. He obviously mad man. You fan followed my face. He's like, I can't believe it. I made up a mirror. Obviously you're fucking, I packed in and obviously I lo- love man. You come here and I was like, fucking mad this. And then for it, just to see him now and the way it's gone. Cause I, I, I spoke to him like, years after and all that I kept in touch and that and then sadly he passed away but it was just so surreal just coming on yeah, for like obviously team meeting the stands yeah the do you know what I mean someone who like I knew I know I had my mum and dad there but it was like it was a bit mad just like as you say coming on like for my football league debut it's like it was at Old Trafford yeah bet you it weren't easy to get, get your hands on a few tickets there because everyone's after the tickets no, for United as well exactly that's what I'm saying back then it was like Man United as I say with the Premier League champions fucking so I think they were champions of Europe the year before or something. And um, back then it was like you got two tickets and everyone uses theirs. Obviously, all the players were when you got a bit of a pull or you're an older player at a club, you can wingle at another ticket here or there. But I got three tickets. Obviously, my mum, dad, my uncle came to games, you know what I mean? So for them just to see me get that chance, I know I only got one chance, but no one can take that away from me. So yeah, it was right. like five or six years before that. Weren't even that long that I was playing on the Dockers Club, do you know what I mean? So if someone was to tell me you're gonna get a, an appearance at Old Trafford in the Premier League when I was playing on the Dockers, I'd have said, Are you fucking mad? Do you know what I mean? So did he give you the shout to warm up and that? That's what I'm saying, is like I was obviously warming up all game and I'm sat on the bench. There was obviously Trevor Benjamin who they paid a couple of million quid for back yeah. then. You had Steve Guppy who was like on boss the fringe player. of the England squad boss, boss player. player, do you know? That's yeah. what these are like when I look at it now, even like to the likes of Robbie Savage, everyone's this shit, he runs around, kicks people. Yeah. I, I, watched him in tra- yeah. I watched him in training, he was fucking, his set plays and that, he was unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And you yeah. think like, obviously, people look at him and go, oh, he's a knobhead, just runs around, kicks people and that's all he does, gets in people's face, but he's what, like some muzzy, is it? Unbelievable, technically yeah. very, very good. Yeah, good player. So you look at it and you think, fucking hell, I was playing with them. So there was a couple of good first teamers on the bench, Guppy and obviously who played my position as well and um the gaffer turned around, Peter, Peter Taylor said, are you ready? And I was like, I looked behind me there and fucking looking at the lads and he's like, no, you, Kev, are you ready? I was like, yeah, yeah. So like, it's a funny story because afterwards, a couple of weeks later, for weeks on end, I get came by the first team as like the proper main face team because they said the colour drains eyes. I was like boiled chai, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The colour just drained because the gaffer said to me, you're coming on. And I was like, fucking hell. So, I panicked a bit because I weren't ready. I didn't even have my pads on. Where most clubs now, you've got to have your pads on ready and yeah. your shirt underneath. Where it's I didn't. Yeah, yeah. you've got to be prepared. Which 
I went back then. I was just thinking, I'm going to travel just to make up numbers here. I'm not coming on, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so what's the feeling? Like, your number goes up and all that. It was awesome because, like, it's fucking number goes up and then Dean Sturridge comes off. That's how long ago, do you know what I mean? But as yeah, you say, yeah. as a player, he was fucking, he was absolute slaughter, like he could finish. Yeah. So I get, obviously, I replace him coming on, do you know what I mean? It was like, it was only a couple of, what, four or five months ago that I actually seen the footage. Because even when I went out that night, I've after the game straight on, was in the VR bar, we had the match of the day, they used to put the VR, the VR bar, they used to have match of the day on and that yeah. over, the music over it. But it only said my name and that. And so I never, ever seen a highlight of me coming on. Till a couple of months ago, someone passed it to me on social media. I was like, yeah, yeah, that. Was, so, was that something to do with the Sky program? Yeah, was it, or something? it was so surreal. Like, that's just like actually, I seen footage of me. It sank in a little bit more that I actually had been there. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. fucking mad. I mean, now there'd be thousands of videos on the social medias and all your YouTubes and all that without the camera phones. But back then, like, unless you got picked up on Match of the Day or it was on Sky, then it'd have been, been yeah, no, to one, get no one knew about it. Do you know what I mean? And that's obviously. But as you say, now with the social media, now you get lads who fucking go and have a game on the fucking Everton Park Hills and put it up, do you know yeah, what I mean? You've got people yeah. taking it everywhere, as you say, it's highlighted everywhere. But it was just, it was a surreal moment, do you know what I mean? Because it was something that, like me growing up as a kid, wanted to play football and then to get told from certain age, like 14, 15, that I'm not good enough and then to get released from a club and then to write to clubs and they're telling you, no, you're not good enough and stuff like that to go and play, obviously, grassroots, Sunday footy, pub footy, as we call it, don't we? Do you know what I mean? To go and play that and then to, to make me Premier League debut, it's fucking, it's one of those moments that no one can take away from yeah. me and one that'll live with me forever. It's like a film and it's like, it's like, it's like that goal. We should just stop the pod there. It's like, and next minute, I come on at Old Trafford, there's the light, your number goes up, you run on, fades to black, you know what I mean? That's it, I should have stuck my boots yeah. up and gone back to Seymour, shouldn't I? <laughs> so, when you, so did you come on left mid, yeah? Left mid. Were you, was it Neville, fullback? Or can you, can you no, because he brought me on left mid and then he brought another sub on straight up, just like literally a minute after me, and he told me to go up front. So yeah. I ended up playing up front against Yap Stam, Stam yeah. who was obviously yeah. a Dutch international and obviously what gone. What That's player. what I'm saying. And to this day, I think, still in my Mars loft somewhere, there was a picture the next day and it was like obviously gone from non-league to Premier League and it was a picture of me and Yap Stam and everyone says we look similar anyway, yeah. do you know what I mean? Bald, big nose, ugly, do you know what I mean? But it's like, just to put, like, it was fucking, honest to God, it was mad. It's still like, to this day, just, I can't actually believe it, do you know what I mean? From yeah. where I was and playing Sunday, like, as you say, for the Seymour and the Zingari League and to go and play in the, like get a run out in the Premier League yeah unbelievable mate. so can you remember much about the, the game when you were on yeah to I can I got a couple of, couple of touches I come on I think in like 82nd 84th minute or something like that I end up getting about 10 to 12 minutes all in all like lads laugh at me go well, you only got 6 minutes but yeah 6 minutes more than you played in the yeah. Prem do you know what I mean right, yeah. but at the time it was like obviously poor scores I remember like kicking him kicking him giving a foul away on him like trying to pick him up by his top do you know what I mean because yeah. I, I like I was trying to get a bit of arrogance and a bit of confidence about me so to get a little run around just tried to run around I had a few kicks um, for a couple of touches and as you say it was that was my one and only appearance but I fucking I enjoyed them 12 minutes do you know what I mean in total like I got yeah I'd give almost everything I've got to have 12 minutes for Liverpool you know what I mean it's one of them it's like fucking hell what what more can you want? As like you said, from, from the Dockers to Old Trafford. That's what I'm saying. And it went. It, it's not so much like it'd be different if I come through Leicester and obviously played Resies and U team Resies and then to the first team. But to be told like you're not good enough a few years before and then to go on and prove people wrong, I, like 
that that that's the biggest thing to come out of it for me. I think. Yeah, boss, me, boss. So as it's sort of panning out with Leicester, you realise you you know you're not going to get much footy there or whatever. So did you go? Did they loan you to Stockport? I am. Um, Dave Bassett and Mickey Adams come in and it was like all the young pros got sections off, couldn't train with the first team and in the afternoons you'd run and I mean like fucking absolute just flog you into the ground. Like yeah. you never used to do afternoon sessions. It was like in for 10, you'd be home, had your dinner by half 12, do you know what I mean? What was he like, Bassett? He always looked a bit of an arsehole. Bit, bit yeah. mad. He didn't really speak to the younger lads. He'd just like, he'd just tell you to take tracky bottoms off or fucking, you used to like get the old rugby tops back then, you know, like the yeah, training yeah. kit and that. Drill, used to, drill yeah, tops, yeah. You couldn't wear that. He, he made you take all them off, stuff like that. He's like t-shirt and shorts, a bit like the academies do to the kids now just to keep the feet on the ground. But back then it was unheard of and he, then you had Mickey Adams who worked under him. He was just like, an absolute cunt. He just spoke to you like a piece of shit and just ran the balls off you every afternoon. Do you know what I mean? So then Stockport, they rang me on the way home. I remember driving home from training one day and he rang me, Dave Bass, and said, um, Stockport have been on. Do you fancy going there? And I was like, um, let me think about it. But I knew deep down I want to because it was a chance to move back home. Stockport's only half an hour from us, yeah. 35 minutes. Um, and they were in the old Division 1 then. But they'd been relegated that Christmas time. I think I joined just after Christmas, like January, February. And they'd been relegated that Christmas with the lowest points. They had like loads of problems with money, and then obviously ITV Digital took over. So um, it was a chance. They said, "Come up and have a look around, see what you like." So I went up, trained for a couple of days, and thought, "Yeah, why not? I'll sign here." End up signing two and a half years at Stockport. Yeah. So that's when you come across Barlow. That's when you come across Stewie, yeah. And so obviously, is he, he gone from Oldham then to Stockport? Probably something like that. I think something it? like that. It was, yeah. yeah. I think it might have been Oldham, Oldham Wigan. Wigan maybe yeah, Wigan, even yeah. it might have been Wigan was the gaffer then, then? Carlton Palmer yeah was he yeah. as a manager fucking clueless had Kevin Richardson was his assistant the old Everton player yeah, and that yeah. he was fucking class but Carlton Palmer was like clueless but as a man like a man manager he'd be offered sorting lads nights out so he still he shouldn't have been a manager he should have been one of the players if he'd have come yeah. in and been a player because obviously he wanted like team bonds and sessions forever doing go-kart and golf nights out stuff like that he was as a person he was brilliant yeah. but a manager he was just clueless do you know what I mean and he used to argue with Kevin Richardson Kevin Richardson obviously done a few coaching badges and done this and think Carlton Palmer had his but he used to argue in front of the lads on the training grounds like yeah. you'd, be, you'd be doing shaping that some days and set pieces and then all of a sudden you'd be stood there for 10 minutes because they're arguing going he should be doing it this way he should be doing it that way where you think it's not professional that you should yeah. be talking about this in your office and then sort it out there not in front of the, yeah, like, set the, the, the lads do you know what I mean so it was fucking we had some good times there, as you say. Um, back then, he signed Ricky, Ricky Lambert. Obviously, yeah. went on to play Liverpool, play for England. He was like, obviously, used to travel in with Ricky. And he signed him for a centre forward. But then Carl Palmer straight away was like, nah, you're fat and overweight. But at the time, I think they paid, I think they paid 250 or 150 grand for Ricky from Macclesfield, which was the club record fee for Stockport back then. It yeah. was a lot of money. And yet, within weeks, Carl Palmer basically told him he's fat and overweight. He's shite. He's no good. So... Um, get yourself fit I might try and play your centre mid and then all of a sudden look where he's gone on to fucking play for England Madness, play I mean, for Liverpool Carl Palmer fucking played for England you think he, that's you, what I'm saying it doesn't mean you know the game does it no that's doesn't what mean even to like I played. always laugh because there was one game right and he's like he was um, he used to put himself sub but manager and then some games he'd play and we played Plymouth in the league back then and we lost 3-0 three, three I think it was at home and we had them in the FA Cup the week after and we had a few, like Carl Palmer, to be fair, give all the young lads a chance. So there was good, like, decent young lads coming through. Yeah. And um, they had this all, old arse up front, I forget his name now, for Plymouth back then. He just did bash people and he bullied our young lads. So after the game, on the 
the fucking the media and that Carl Palmer's come out I'm playing next week I'll fucking show like not swearing but I'll show him how, how to play he's not going to bully kids and that he doesn't know he'll know go play when I play against him next week and that so cut a long story short fucking played the next week but 2-0 down after 20 minutes Carl Palmer's fucking give two goals away and then subs himself <laughs> So after the game, he's like, you've got no balls and all that. And we're looking going, you've got no balls. You cost us two goals. You're the gaffer. And you took yourself off because you were that bad. Yeah. You were embarrassing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking, he was, he was as a man, as a, a manager, he was shite and clueless. But as a person, yeah, he was, he was fucking yeah. class like to have around. Yeah. So how long did you stay at Stockport for? I stayed there for, I think I seen my contract out nearly like two and a half years, nearly three years, I think. Yeah. And towards the end of it, Carlton left and, um, Sammy McElroy took over Mark Lillis and I played a f- couple of games under Sammy Mach the first two games and I fractured my jaw got kicked in the face and ended up getting wired up Yeah. so I was out for two months so six weeks of that I was wired up and eating food through a straw do you know what I mean it's fucking yeah. hard work so when I got back fit um, I think it was towards the end of March maybe or something I was playing resis and shit like that and I weren't enjoying it do you know what I mean I was like training every day and not enjoying it he brought a few lads in from Scotland the Scottish Premier League and brought them down I asked him could I go on loan would it be alright and he's like yes sir and he said well Lincoln have been on for you so he ends up going to Lincoln on loan which is yeah. fucking the other end of the world like yeah. but it was under Keith Alexander and when I went there they had, it was one of those clubs that they had loads of non-league and Sunday league they had lad, literally lads from like local Sunday league in Northampton London and stuff like that it was like there was a good togetherness, a good bond there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We got to the playoffs and unfortunately got beat by Huddersfield back then in the playoffs, but um, it was just good to be playing again, do you know what I mean? I feel part of a football club. Yeah. So when did you feel like you got your, your best run then? So you, from then you went to like Hulk, Chester? Yeah, was I went to Chester first then. I went Chester, I went from Lincoln on loan, I ended up signing for Chester yeah. under Mark Wright. Yeah. They'd just been promoted back to the Football League from the conference and um, signed there, obviously... Growing up being a Liverpool fan, Mark Wright played for Liverpool. I was like, fucking yeah, get in, go there. And obviously it was a club that would look like it was going places. And then two days before the start of the season, um, Mark Wright walks out, obviously a few problems with obviously Vaughan back then. Yeah, do you know what I mean? A few it was times, like, didn't he? That's what I'm saying. Back. He was there and back. There was obviously rumours, obviously girlfriends and shit like that. You know what I mean? Bringing shit to the, door, the club door and stuff like that. But he left and Ray Matthias suddenly... We were training on the pitch just as like the gaffer, like Mark Wright left on a Thursday and we were still training on the pitch and then all of a sudden Ray Matthias, the old Tramia Wigan manager, and that just popped up out of nowhere and like fucking lads like he must have been hiding in the kit room. They must have knew yeah, he, he was definitely gonna go because without us finishing training on the pitch, he was there ready to take over and step in as a caretaker, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. fucking bit mad this. While I was there, it was like Ray Matthias and then all of a sudden Rushy gets the job. So obviously being a Liverpool fan, growing up, sat on the cop and obviously had the kits, the old Liverpool kits, and then Rushy was a hero. Um, he took over, and it was surreal, obviously, watching him and obviously being Liverpool's to this day, still Liverpool's best goal scorer, isn't he? Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's an absolute legend. And there he was, he was my manager, do you know what I mean? It was good because I had him then, even what I was, 24 or something, 23, 24, and for him to tell me what he thought of me, do you know, like, he's a, your heroes growing up. Yeah. And he was my hero, Rush. That's what I'm saying. I think he was most Liverpool fans' heroes, weren't he? And then as you're growing up, he's telling you how good he thought you was. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. fucking, it was boss like. Little and tips about That's what I mean. Even finishing, like, yeah. he didn't used to bother with the defenders. It used to be finishing sessions. Do you know what I mean? He used yeah. to do finishing sessions. You're like, fucking hell, boss, these training sessions because yeah. the defenders hated it. But yeah, it was just all about the strikers and scoring goals. Do you know what I mean? It was class. So he ends up scoring, I think, 11 or 12 goals by January when he came in in a couple of months. And then, as I say, Hull come in. 
coming for me. Then I ends up going up to Hull for a couple of seasons. Enjoyed it there. Got so did they have to buy you like paid hundred grand? I think it yeah. was back then. Yeah, I think it was undisclosed, but no one how footy was and backhanders everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it was it it was hundred grand with obviously add-ons and such like that. Because when I went to them, they were in top of League One. Heading for the championship, do you know what I mean? So I jumped on the bandwagon and got a promotion there. He was playing for them at the time, Kev. Nick Barnby. Barnby, yeah. Unbelievable. Gosh. Seriously, do you know, like, obviously, play for Liverpool, Everton, England and that. And as a person, a fella, fucking class like. He was a great player, wasn't he? Barnby. That's what I'm saying, I don't need, But even like his passion and how he went, even to like playing League One, he was like, Hull was his local club, that's yeah. why he ends up there. Yeah. And he was like, the passion in the Did he had. Did he manage them in the, at one stage? He went to, uh, yeah, I think he had a little caretaker stint for a bit because, yeah. and like a coach. But just to watch him how he went about training every day and, you know, like, still cared for the game, even though he was, like, mid-30s, and which is old, he fucking still loved the game and he's still absolute quality, do you know what I mean? It seemed like a dead, like, softly spoken, like, calm, dead calm fella, but he was a boss player for Everton and Liverpool. But it's mad because, like, when I went, he took straight to me, he, like, come over to me and started speaking, like, where are you from? Obviously, because he played for Liverpool and Everton, where do you live? And I told him, and then he's like, oh... My old mate, Anthony Hughes, I don't know whether you know Anthony Hughes, he was like, he's off Queen's Road near Brecht, yeah. and he like played for England and that with Barnes, and he said, my first night out was in the Cokey, which is the Coconut Grove, yeah. wearing <laughs> the Tubruch. He was like, I'll never forget, he's fucking a good mate of mine. But, um, and he went on to play for like Morgan crew, and yeah. then obviously not bothered now. I think he's a Windsor man in fucking, on Brecht Road somewhere, do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. Barnes took to me because obviously we had the connection of no, I knew Anthony and yeah. obviously we had the connection. He said and he, he said he'd never forget his ever first night out in his first bevy. He was in the Coconut Grove on Tubrook well, Green Lane, do you know what I mean? Foster. So uh, how's it play out there then at Hull? Um, I enjoyed it. At, um, I just had a newborn as well. So obviously me Albert and the, me lads at the time come up and they were fucking, obviously he was sick with colic and reflux. So I'd go to training He'd be crying. I come home from training, fucking dinner time. Fuck. He'd still be crying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And my bed's like crying back then, just saying like, oh, I can't believe it, I can't do this. So in the end, I sent her home. Obviously, because I had a flat up there, bought a flat. I sent her home to move back in down here because she she needed someone round. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it was fucking, it was hard for her. There's nothing more than a shock to the system than having a kid. That's what. I, oh my god! But as I was made up, just like because it was crying, he was crying. He wouldn't sleep for more than an hour. For, and this was for like two or three years. It worked out in the end, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was fucking made up to send her back home so I could concentrate <laughs> on footy again and get back in. Like it worked out all right. We got a promotion, obviously, as I say, to the championship. Played obviously didn't start in the championship because we signed loads of more players who fucking bigger names and that. As you do, we got championship. We had sixteen, eighteen thousand. Like, that like Giovanni and all that. Was that was a couple of years after years me. After yeah, you. that was Phil Brown. It's all them signed after me, but it was um, it was a club on the up definitely, and that's why I didn't, I couldn't refuse. I didn't want to move away, but. As you say, they were in the playoffs and second in the league when I joined. So it was a chance to kick on and get to the championship again, which I stayed the next year. Didn't start the season, Chef Weatherway, and I was sat in the stand and then obviously ended up playing like 26 games out of 50-odd games, which is still not bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. I scored a couple of goals. So um, I always remember scoring a Saint, Saint, um, Saint Mary's, Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I look back now, we were only talking the other day with me little lad because obviously... The wonder goal that the people going on with that's, that one. No, it's a different oh, one. Different it was one against yeah. Naomi, remember him, Anthony Naomi played Niamh, for Philly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He was in goal, I'll never forget it. And then I look at the sheet now and like I was looking at Charlie's like, who the fuck played? Who, my little lad, who played against you there? That Theo Walcott was actually on played in that game yeah. when he was at Southampton. And like, yeah, he was like a child. Yeah, do you know what I mean? mean? He was like, I, I think it was... 
we played him and two months later he ends up signing for Arsenal do you know what I mean so yeah. I didn't even know till a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at like old things of trying to show Charlie who I played against and that, that obviously Walcott was one of them do you know what I mean Yeah. so in the end it was um, sell me in a way because I played a few games they, want, they wanted to kick on again I think some of the, the lads who got them to where they was they were getting rid of them but I still had the contract so Scunthorpe come in with a hundred grand offer and Scunny was like literally their local derby but with the with my little lad not being well and that I wanted to move back home and come back home do you know what I mean so yeah. there was a few offers from here and there and I ended up signing for Tramere again then Yeah. obviously go back to Tramere and this is Tramere who paid an undisclosed fee for me but yeah told me three years before four years before that I'm no good I actually went on trial and obviously trained with the pros and obviously Greg Brundle and Chris Webster and Jamie Hughes Clint Hill the likes of all these were there and these some of the lads I grew up with playing schoolboy footy he told me I weren't good enough, but yeah, when I paid the fee for me a couple of years down the line, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, bet you the, the chairman's like thinking, I'm going, yeah. how's, how's, Why this did that? how's this sort of happened, yeah. So, um, what what year what would that have been? That's 2006, 2007, probably. Yeah, 2007, I think I signed for Tramia. Yeah. So, obviously, I moved back home. So, was Brownie there up. then, Paul Brown, rather about that time? Or no, I think, he, he, I think he'd just been released. He probably took his spot then. He had, I think, he, left wing. no, because, I don't know, was he, because he was from Arco's, Hey, yeah. Juani, yeah. Chris Dagnalls and that. Yeah, yeah, he'd just been released because obviously when I signed for Tramere, I used to bring Tramarco in and Steve Geno. Yeah. Obviously, because Geno lost his license. I used to, obviously, he used to get to Carl's who lived on Melwood by, because yeah. um, I moved to West Derby then from Anfield. So um, I used to take, obviously, Geno and Carl Tramarco in. Yeah. So Brownie was his age. So Brownie had been released that summer that I signed. Yeah. So he was the gaffer then then? Ronnie Moore Ronnie took Moore, over. Ronnie Moore, yeah. So obviously, I come... Come obviously to Ronnie Moore took over. So that was after Brian Little, wasn't it? That was after Brian yeah. Little, yeah. yeah. I signed there and had a two-year contract, and we had a good, on paper we had a boss team, and we should have done better than we, we really did. We were tipped for promotion, it never worked out for whatever reason. I didn't realise that. Obviously, even being fucking from Anfield, which obviously I grew up on the hills, Tramia's ground probably ten minutes from me, Mars, fifteen yeah. minutes from where I live yeah. now, and then for the, how much hatred they have for Scousers over yeah. there, it's ridiculous, yeah. mate. And it's like the Scouts lads used to get caned and some of the other lads did. And I stuck up for them once we won at Yeovil, 1-0 at home, and I scored. I had to go with the fans because they'd been having a go with like, the lads and that. And we were a good group, we were close, you know what I mean? But then I think because I had to go with them after I scored, and I, I think that turned them a little bit against me, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like further down. So um, I remember coming towards the end of the season and obviously as they do at most clubs, the managers give young lads a chance and I've been in and out the team towards the end and like I wanted to play a crew away and he left me out Ronnie Moore and put me in the stand so I went and seen him on the Monday I said listen I said this isn't for me and he went well I'm glad you said that basically um, Chester have been on do you want to go there they've offered you a three year deal so I was like fucking hell happy days three years bit of security I'll go back to Chester where I enjoyed it when, at home as yeah, well, that's what I'm saying and he enjoyed it when I was there last time and I was a bit of a hero there type thing so I snapped their hands off to go back for three years to sign back for Chester then. Yeah, so what was it like when you got back there? It was boss for the f- for the first, obviously, I think Branchy signed, then Michael Branch come back across him. Um, Richie Partridge, yeah, Partridge, obviously, yeah. he played. Job, big John Murphy, yeah. big striker, played for Blackpool and that Kirby lads. And um, you look at it and you think, fucking hell, got a good chance here. We were flying, started off the season really well. And then obviously come to Christmas, started money problems not getting paid and that, do you know what yeah. I mean? There's a bit of financial difficulties and then it fucking just went downhill from there. We, like, obviously ends up after Christmas, it's a brick wall because obviously people were worried. We lost a few players because they need to go and pay bills because at our level, you got to, yeah. we know that. Eventually when I, yeah, when I hang my boots up, 
eventually I'll have to go to work do you know what I mean it's not like always being a footballer he's earned this because it's not it's probably I know some of the lads that who work get more than half of our I'm saying I'm not bullshitting they're probably on more than 75% of our lads who go and work and play part time do you know what I mean Yeah. they're, they're on more than 75% of our lads who are playing full time pro football Yeah. definitely people don't realise that's what I'm saying everyone just thinks our football he's loaded he does this he does that but it's not like do you know what I mean it's like I took it because of the chance I had to play for fucking free to get the chance to go and play for Leicester. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. In the end, I'd have had to earn monies and obviously you can't play for free. But you look at it like that and it's like, so we went there and it was like three years on all eight monies and then all of a sudden it all stopped. It was like there's a few financial difficulties upstairs in the boardroom and stuff and um, we just lost players and um, players were getting disheartened and players, not down tools, but like we're jumping ship with the chance because obviously they needed bills to pay and we ended up getting relegated unfortunately that season. Yeah. Um, that was the start of the decline for Chester because they went, they folded a couple of, I think it was yeah. the year, 18 months after that, obviously after going in admin and all that, they eventually folded but they started back up. But um, I had the chance to go to Grimsby or Rotherham at the yeah. end of that season because I'd done all right, scored a few goals again. So um, when I spoke to a couple of them, spoke to Mike Newell at Grimsby and then ended up speaking to Mark Robbins at, Rotherham went and had a chat there over in Rotherham and thought, yeah, do you know what, I'll sign here. So, lucky enough for me, I had the chance to still stay in the Football League with Rotherham. Yeah, so what was it? So, that's a, a couple of hours away, isn't it? Well, two, two hours, hours, yeah. Two hours, to, yeah. There was another thing, it was like, I had to move, but it was like, one of them was Grimsby, a couple of non-league clubs offering better monies, and the other was Rotherham, which was Sheffield, which was two two hours away. Yeah. So, um, in the end, I thought, the way it was going... At Rotherham, I thought it was it was a better club for me personally to move on, and as you say, it was only two hours up the road as well, so it was a matter of just getting a flat over there and travel yeah. back and forth. Was as when? How long did you stay with them for? I ended up staying two seasons there. The first season, obviously, we got to the playoff final at Wembley, and um, got beat by Dagenham, yeah. which is obviously a David versus Goliath because obviously Dagenham were known as a non-league club with loads yeah, of non-league lads, exactly, so yeah. obviously everyone wanted them to win. Where we were seen as the big hitters in the league at the yeah. time and the, the did, one of the biggest teams. Did they have a few kids at one time or Dagenham? They've, or was it? No, Dagenham haven't. No, no. No, they've always like, they've always got lads from, literally from the park footy, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's, and that's what does them well. They had John Stilly who was the manager who's like, I think he's not manager, like caretaker manager or somewhere, Maidenhead or somewhere in the conference. Now he's like boss for non-league footy and he started doing grassroots, do you know what I mean? So yeah. he's done well for himself and um, I say we got beat off them in the final which was devastating. Was so, that like the Wembley experience? Boss, it was like, it was that year when if, I think it was like not long opened and John Terry and all that were moaning saying the pitch was shit and this and that, but he's not fucking, he hasn't played on the Dockers, has yeah. he? Or in Seve Park. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Exactly, do you know what I mean? But it was, um, it was brilliant. It was Red Hot Day, but fucking, I think it was like 40,000 or something there, but it was fucking, it was just the experience as a whole, do you know? I know we lost, but as a whole, just to like, I played it, I remember as a kid when I was in school, just my final year, I played at the old Wembley before yeah. Tramier and a Brighton playoff final or something like that. So to play at the new one, obviously it was fucking, it was surreal, do you know what I mean? And as you say, um, I we ended up getting beat in the playoffs. I stayed for the following season. But yeah, I scored a load of goals, me and Adam Lafondre, kid who went on to play obviously yeah. for Red and scored. Yeah, yeah. And obviously playing in um, Australia now. It was only me and him scoring. After two months of signing, Mark Robbins left and Ronnie Moore is where Ronnie Moore popped back up. Again. <laughs> Ronnie Moore come in and obviously I had, had a ding-dong with him at Tramir and we fell out and not really played me towards the end. So he'd come in and obviously there was me, Danny Harrison and Sharpie. We were all Ian Sharps. He was the club captain at Rotherham and club captain at Tramir at the time. They're from the will. They call themselves Scousers. They're not Scousers though. So 
we're sat in there, we're like, oh, oh fuck, Ronnie Moore's coming, we're going to be bombed here. So we're all sat in the meeting room waiting for him to come in. So as soon as he walks in, comes over to that corner of the table where those scousers are sat, like, and he's like, don't worry if I fucked you off before, you're on a clean slate. So we're just like, oh, we're getting fucked off here. But I'd signed two years, so I was like, happy days, pay me up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Never had to pay up before, but I'll fucking take it now to get back home, especially with you in charge. But he couldn't because I'd done well last season. I think I scored 11, 12 goals from left mid. Yeah. So And Lafondre had scored. So, we fucking, so he needed me. So we got to, the, as I say, he took us to the playoffs and it was all about him. And um, season after, I was in and out the team with a few injuries. And then he come to me and said, um, Bradford had been on. Do you fancy going to Bradford on loan? And my contract was up in a couple of months. So I thought, I'll go to Bradford and put myself in the shop window playing and try and get a contract for next season. Yeah. And ends up playing for... Bradford for a couple of games scored on my debut we were near the bottom of the league chance of relegate there was flirting with relegation and obviously I went in we beat the top of the league Wickham at the time they were top of the table looking for promotion and we won 1-0 and I scored on my debut which yeah. settled me in a little bit there because it was only the season before that we won 4-2 there and I'd scored two and I'd just be I'd been in their end with my top off and just yeah. causing <laughs> causing a riot you know what I mean because obviously so much shit they give me so what was it like there? Did it did it enjoy you? I enjoyed it because Peter Taylor's and he's obviously signed me a Hull and signed me a Bradford. Do you know what I mean? So he 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 took me there, and then within a couple of weeks he got sackers. Obviously Bradford's a massive club, especially yeah. in League Two, and obviously they were in the Premier League not so long before that. So you look at it, and he was under pressure. He they sacked him and brought Peter Jackson in. Yeah. But Peter Jackson was a manager who had come about um, just as I was at Lincoln, and we got beat by Huddersfield. He was the Huddersfield manager. Um, after that game when we got beat by his team Huddersfield um, there was a I obviously devastated and hit the ground obviously heartbroken when we lost in the playoffs the second leg um, there was a pitch invasion and one of their fans stamped on my chest yeah. when I'd just gone down over my head oh, I'd gone down over my head as you do fucking devastated and next thing I felt something hit me on just the chest over on just stamped me so bearing in mind he didn't realise I fucking got the red dot on him from Call of Duty I've chased this fan across the pitch after that game and chinned him. Right, so I've chinned him. Next thing, there's all been made about how all the fans tried to get down the tunnel and all that. So in the um, the tunnel, he was all asking, shouting me out, the police coming and all that. And then next thing, it was like a couple of weeks, couple of days later, Peter Jackson, obviously, because he knew I'd leave in Stockport, he rang me up and said, like, um, basically, come and sign for Huddersfield or we're going to release this fucking DVD from Sky where you've chinned the fan. <laughs> well, basically, do you know what I mean? So I was like... Like, nice so, one, I refused to go and play for him. I said, nah, I'm staying going to Chester. I've been speaking to them under Mark Wright. He's like, ah, oh, well, fucking, I hope it doesn't work out. He was a bit of an arsehole after I spoke to him and just being honest with him. So then he come in at Bradford and I played a couple of games for him and then got ruptured my thigh. So um, it was bad. It was like 11 centimetres tear in my thigh. I was yeah. going to be out for like three or four months. It was like, I could have had an operation, but I didn't want it. So... Because they were down the bottom and I'm a bit of a lively character and a bit of like prankster around. He wanted me to stay there. So I ended up staying there from March, end of February, March, right through to the end of the season in May, just because he wanted me about the place because he wanted to keep them up and he knew I had a chance of influencing players around the dressing room and that. So when you're injured there then and, and you can't play, what affects you, don't it? How you feeling? You, you oh, it was horrible. All you want to do when you're away from home, especially is play football. Well, I ended up sure. like moving back home and travelling to Bradford daily from Liverpool. Yeah. And obviously, I when I was fit, I was travelling in with a few Manchester lads and a, a couple of Preston lads. So we had a car school who had meet in Manchester and then get up to 62 through Huddersfield there. And um, in the end, when I got injured, 
Peter Jackson, I think it was basically because of me. I had to be in at eight o'clock. So I'd be leaving mine at six to get to Bradford for eight. And I used to get in, I guarantee, 10 minutes past eight every day. So I used to get fined most days. Yeah. And I hate being late, even in any walk of life. I hate it. But yeah, it's I, an hard I couldn't, that, it's it? horrible down in Diff, especially in the winter. It was an absolute nightmare. So I reckon it was because of me. It was being at eight o'clock and you couldn't leave till after three. But then after, like, the lads have all be gone and you could done your session, your recovery session and your rehab session and you'd be sitting around waiting to go but he'd, he'd go and get his car cleaned in the, the car the, the car place at the top of the road then come back five past three and he'd go to the physio. Yeah, tell them they can go now. And you're like, it was bad enough not playing, bad enough not being at your club, knowing the manager doesn't like you but yeah, just having you there when you're injured and fucking, yeah, it was right. mentally just yeah. draining, do you know yeah. what I mean? Just staying till three o'clock most days and then having to drive home as rush hour was starting, do you know what I mean? Yeah. On the way home, fucking nightmare. Water torture, wasn't it? Exactly, that's it, yeah. So how did it come about for Morecambe then? I was on my UEFA B licence in Cairns and Ashton and um, obviously come out of contract and there was a few few little phone calls here and there and I'd previously I'd done a little prank on one of the lads at Rotherham he left his phone on the bus and I texted his bird. I didn't know at the time, but he'd been arguing with his bird before we set off for the playoff final. And um, he'd been arguing with his bird and she threatened to call the wedding off and this and that. So I didn't know. And as lads just leave the phones, you didn't have the fucking face recognition then. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, I like, used to see pins and that and you just like, yeah, I'll get his phone. So he, he got on the toilet, left his phone. So I texted his bird going, yeah, you're right. Um, I can't be arsed with you. have had enough fucking this and that. So in the meantime, it's like, I basically cancelled his wedding. Fucking <laughs> hell. Do you know what I mean? So I knew people started, like, after that, people who's bring you up, pranksters, I'll ask, like, pretend yeah. to be managers and shit. Yeah, so Jim Bentley up. rang me, and I was on me, had my dinner on me, Ray for B, and Jim Bentley rang me, was like, hello, Kev, it's um, Jim Bentley here, the Morecambe. I'd just seen recently he got the Morecambe job, but previously to that, I'd been speaking to Sammy McElroy, who was the Morecambe manager then, who released me at Stockport, and he'd wanted to sign me for Morecambe. So Jim took over, and I was like, yeah, good one, put the phone down. So do my afternoon session coaching, come back to my phone, his voicemails. So I rang it back, I was like, is this really Jim? He's like, yeah, Kevin. I was like, I was surprised because it was only four or three or four months before that, that me and him, he was obviously a scouser from Allenton Road, Jim Bentley. Um, he went and obviously started out to City when he was a kid. It was only just a couple of months before that. We had each other by the throat on the pitch and I was like, you fat cunt, I'll fucking kill you. He's like, you skinny twat, I'll snap your neck and all that. So... For him to ring me a couple of weeks later, but then on the way home after that game, I had mates who played for Morecambe back then. And obviously on the way home, he was like, tell him I'll fucking snap his neck, I'll give him my number and all that. And obviously being a loud scouser he is, and I was, we obviously had a bit of banter and threatened to kill each other and that. And then here he was a couple of weeks later, fucking wanting to sign me, do you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. Probably went, thought I need that, I need a bit of that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it was a bit mad because I was 32 and I'm thinking, if I could just sneak another year somewhere, yeah. I'll be happy at 32. And then it was, he come and spoke to me on the Saturday. I'd, it was like Tuesday, Wednesday when I was doing my way for B. And then come to the Saturday, he come to my house with Ken McKenna, who was obviously the TNS manager when they played Liverpool and that. He was going to be his assistant manager. And he's like, this is where we're going. This is the route we want to go down. want to bring you on board, this and that. And then fucking here I am today, just li- literally nine seasons later, just left the club. Yeah, I bet you know, but you you didn't think for a minute at over thirty, because so were you just getting like one year, one year extensions? That's all every I was getting, year? yeah. And as you say, it's like if you'd have told me at twenty twenty one is ten years of being a pro, when back then the average lifespan as a pro was probably eight to ten years. Yeah. But yet I'm sat with you talking here as forty one. I've just finished being a pro, and hopefully I can still play next year. Um, 
as you say, we were getting, I was getting like, as we were getting on, I signed a one-year contract and then I'd done well. So they come to me at Christmas because I was leading scorer, sign another one. So like six months in, I'd sign for a third year. Yeah. And then as the years were going on, because your age, they'd wait and wait. So it would come like, it'd be like yeah. Christmas time sign. Then it's it'd be like January. As well, yeah, they've got to see how you... That's what I'm saying. So it'd be like January. Then it'd be like February, I'd sign my next one. Then it'd be like March, I'd sign the next one. So every year, I kept asking for a two, but like they kept saying, well, over over they had a policy where if you're over thirty, there you sign one year, and if you you're good enough or you think you're all right, we'll we'll give you a new one during the season. Yeah. But as you got as I was getting older, these contracts were getting delayed and delayed. Even though yeah. I was like out of the nine seasons, I think I finished leading scorer in six of them. Yeah. So every year it'd be like January, February, March, and even to last year, I only signed my last contract last year in in June. Because obviously monies were dwindling, and as you get older, I think yeah, they have you by the balls a little bit. They'll offer yeah, you less money. No, it's a risk for yeah, them as well. It's it? a risk for them, knowing like you could just be gone. He's like, as some some of my lads who have finished with and retired, they're like, how the fuck are you still playing? I wake up, I can't move. That hasn't happened to me yet. Such would. Yeah. So it will happen though. So these are why obviously the clubs give you the one years and. As I say, last year it was only June that I signed my new contract because I was arguing. And you end up arguing, it sounds bad. It was probably, what was he arguing? I was thinking it was arguing for another 25 quid last year or something yeah. a week, yeah. which is like, because they were trying to take the piss, you it's know what I mean? Because of the age. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. You look up to me old team, Bill. But it, it was just, it was a, it was more, it weren't an ego or a pride thing. It was like, I've done so much for you. You're bringing lads in who, yeah, I might be older than, but I still, I'm still better than them. I've still had better seasons. And then, we had a chat where he was like, ah, this kid, they brought him in, he scored six goals or something and a couple of assists. I was like, he's had the boss season. I said, Gaffer, I've scored seven goals this season, scored so, and so many assists. That's my worst season since I've been at this club. I'm still leading scorer who a lad you've just said had a boss season. Yeah. But yeah, because you've been here for so long and he thinks he's got you by the balls, they try and have you over the bar a little bit, do you know what I mean? So... I weren't having it, me and the goalkeeper last year, and we ended up arguing for fucking, as I say, I think it was like another hundred quid a month. A month do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's what it worked out. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'll fucking go elsewhere and try me luck. And they were like, well, you know what you like at the football club on and off the pitch? I was like, well, yeah, I'm asking for 25 quid more a year. Do you know what I mean? This is what it boiled down to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But people, as you say, each year, it was like, pay cup, pay cup, pay cup. But I was just happy because I was getting another year playing. I was getting yeah. another year playing. So I was made up just getting ticking these years off and obviously still playing in the football league. So are you still the uh, the leading goal scorer in the football league for Morecambe? Yeah, yeah, the football league, like obviously people will go, oh, well, John Coleman, obviously the Aki manager, yeah. he scored. But like, I get, I, I've had run-ins and call, arguments with Coley and I, he obviously he's, him and Jimmy Bell are fucking scousers and they're passionate and they're heated, aren't they? And yeah. They don't like the way I was because I used to wind them up, I used to wind the lads up, I used to wind their fans up and, I have a little argument with him because obviously he's like he's a legend at Morgan for scoring, like obviously scoring in non-league. Yeah. But obviously even my uncle who obviously helped out to the Seymour used to say how good Cole he was scoring yeah. goals, like yeah. playing like obviously Saturdays and Sundays. I his nephew now, yeah. yeah. See, but I used to say to them, fucking hell, scoring non-league goals. I was scoring non-league goals when I was 15 and that, yeah. which I was, do you know what I mean? So wind, I fucking wind, wind them up, do you know what I mean? He used to bite like fuck at me and nibble. But um, yeah, as a regarding football league, I'm still like obviously the leading scorer there. It was just a shame because some of, I'd probably missed fucking ten, six to ten pens over them years as well, do you know what I mean? Which could have added to me thing. I know it's ifs and buts, but it would have been nice just to, I think I got 88 goals from left mid yeah. in 
300 and odd goal games yeah. for them. Something, Good you know ratio, I mean? Which, great ratio. From a left mid, like that's what I'm saying. Everyone realizes. Thirty plus as well. Yeah, I weren't fucking. I weren't a striker. I'm a left midfielder, and so just to have that a little bit, and just um, to finish on a hundred, I, I was. I was planning on hopefully I could have got a hundred, you know what I mean? But this year I never started the season because um, certain things and then I took over and then since Christmas I haven't played because the new gaffer come in, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I reckon I could have added another couple of goals to that this year, but it is what it is, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So that's so what... Out of that 88, that, who was that like mad volley against from like about 30 yards and just Rochdale. screamed in the top Rochdale. It was, was it the 15, 2015 season, five seasons ago or something, six seasons ago? Rochdale it was uh, like I couldn't have hit it any sweeter and mm. I laugh now because even the old gaffer like Jim Bentley he said he wanted to take me off after that game but it would have been disrespectful like he wanted to take me off after the score because it would have, but it would have been disrespectful to Keith Hill and Rochdale at the time yeah. and like um, I say now I fucking, do you know what I should have just bowed out on that I should have walked off just took my boots off at the side yeah. and just walked out in yeah. the tunnel and got off on that do you know what I mean yeah. but um, I've enjoyed it then I've scored like for whatever reason I've played, well, people say I might not play my best, but I've had my best goals for the left mid. I've scored. Yeah, best returns. Yes, best yeah. returns in my goals there. And I've scored stats, some. Yes, yeah, stat wise, I've fucking passed the 30s when everyone says you're finished. I've probably done my best there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, you're at, you're at to, well, they asked you to take over as manager for a, a short spell while you were before you appointed someone else. So, what was that like going from, like, obviously, the old heads in the, in the changes to. Basically, the gaffer overnight. Yeah, it was a bit bit mad, really. They phoned me up. I remember I was at the kids. I was in walking around Conway Castle, and they phoned me on the obviously the gaffer left on the Saturday, and on the Sunday he rang me the chairman said like, would you and Baz be interested in taking over a couple of games just till we get someone in? I was like, yeah, why not? And I thought, not that I was looking at the job because I don't think I want to be a manager. I'd like to be a coach, but I thought, why not? Um, we fucking let the old gaffer down. That's half the reason why he left. Me personally and us as a team collectively, we weren't good enough and we let him down. And obviously he was basically getting pushed out the door but walked before he got sacked. So we thought, yeah, why not took over? And we took over. It was hard because I'd travel up with lads from Liverpool and in the WhatsApp groups as such. And I had to leave the WhatsApp group. I had to leave the car school. I had to car school members. I had to tell I'm not picking. But these are like close mates, some of them who I played with for seven, six, seven seasons as well, who were really close to me off the pitch, do you know what I mean? And I had to tell them, you're not playing today and give them reasons why I thought yeah. being their old their old teammate, still a teammate and probably one of the youngest acting in the dressing room regarding banter and messing around. I was probably still fucking the school, yeah, the, the school idiot, do you know what I mean? I was still like the prankster, but yeah, I'd have to go, as you say, from being the prankster and the Joe one who was 41 to being a serious head and getting our heads right and trying to get the lads right for a football league game. So when the new gaffer come in, what did he say to you then? Like, we're about to appoint someone. Um, th- thanks for doing that. Like, back, back to playing now. I didn't even get a thanks, I'll be honest. Didn't no. even get a thanks. And that's no. what's fucking mad for the service I give to them. And I'm not just being big-headed or it's nothing to do with the ego because I'm from Anfield. I'm a humble lad, do you know what I mean? And I fucking, I'm grateful and for everything I've had. But do you know the way, like, when you look at it and how they've gone about treating me of... Like he come in and the new manager and we met him. I was like, "All right, Gaffer, it's obviously he's like, hi, Kevin, nice to meet you." And I've never, I've had run-ins with managers over the years, even when I played non-league and that. I fucking wind the managers up and fans and that. And I've never had a running with him. He was dead quiet. So I told him, obviously, he said, "Listen, Gaffer, he asked us to take over. I still want to play. I still think I can play an important part in this team." Like, and he's like, "Yes, yeah, Sam, we'll speak to you next week." And that was it. Like, so 
was sub for a couple of games, played two games, changed, come on in one, changed the game, obviously got him his, his win. And then all of a sudden, come to January, a couple of weeks later, it was like loads of lads in and there was a couple of lads frozen out and I was one of them, never ever to put a shirt on again for him. Yeah, mad, isn't it? That, that's how cruel 40 years that is football that's what we were saying before and you talk about stuff and you think like about loyalties and this and that and I didn't I didn't want to be like 41 and be asking to be treated better than any other lads in the dressing room I weren't I was their teammate still I didn't want to be treated any better or asking for days off when they were travelling away as such and that I just wanted to be treated with respect like a normal human being who you treat respect like you respect people you treat people how you want to be treated yeah. and that weren't the case there do you know what I mean I just think I think when you look at it and I think people who know the football they always they say and I see it now as it is I was probably seen as a threat to his job and that's why he wanted me out of it yeah that's that's it isn't it, it- if you've got like an older experienced pro at them clubs and the managers are always thinking, oh, could he be like, could he have a bit of pull or could he be eyeing my job up? And so there's a bit of paranoia involved there as well. Isn't yeah, it? I honestly think that with him, man, I think if he accepts that, he'll say that. I've had this argument because I was meant to go in with the PFA and see why he was obviously with my union to see why he was treating me the way he was because I was training on my own, being isolated as such and you're not meant to do it for health and safety reasons and that. So I was going in with the PFA just before this fucking COVID kicked in. We got sent home on the Thursday for a week and I was meant to be in on the Friday with the PFA to get to the bottom of the situation of why he's treating me the way he was and that. And um, it, obviously to this day, it hasn't come around. But as you say, just like, I honestly think he seen me as a threat. But my first conversation with him was, I still wanted to play and I still want to play now. And I think people will look at this even if I'm going to sign somewhere next season for whenever the season starts, I think people will look at it and think, oh, I don't want him in here. He fucking could be a threat to me, but I don't want to be a manager. I want to be a coach when I finish and I still think I've got a year or two in my legs to play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But what about going forward? What about a, like a player-coach role? Would that be something that appeal to you? Or do, yeah. you want to, do you want to still possibly just play, concentrate? No, I want to concentrate on playing if I can. I know I've got to look at the bigger picture now being 41 and fucking I'll be 42 when the season in the season when it does start eventually whenever that will be but I want to I want to still play do you know what I mean and whatever level that is if I go down a level to the conference if I go down to the conference north um, whatever level I'll play but as you say I've got looking at the bigger picture that eventually I will want to be a coach because I like the sound of being a good cop bad cop where you're in between the lads you still have a bit of banter but you're not isolated because I've been in dressing rooms when a manager walks in and everyone's like shh it's the gaffer and it must be fucking so awkward where you had a coach walks in and like Kenny McKenna, he's fucking from Birkenhead. We used to give him loads saying fucking Jedi, you're off Star Wars and that, you know what I mean? He was sound. So I'd like to be like that and in between yeah. where you can still have a bit of a laugh with the lads and that. Yeah. So hopefully when uh, the COVID stuff is out of here or however it comes about and footy sort of opens back up again, no doubt you've had, had offers you, you, you might want to say on this, but you're going to have... Uh, people picking the phone up to you wanting you to go to go and play for them I've had a few but I know um, I've had a few offers and some of them do interest me some of them are obviously looking at the future as well where it's it's more going forward not just playing there's a bit of a coaching role and a bit of a like a, yeah, a, a lecturer like a yeah. Boot, yeah. Do you know there's a different pathway still involved in football but it's a different pathway to what I'm used to and as you say, it's like I've done football basically since I left school and I stayed on for a year and I worked a little bit, but I still played part-time footy and then 
for 20 years I've been a pro, do you know what I mean? So trying to get a normal job is going to be fucking mad, especially in the COVID when everyone's losing their jobs, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? So I do want to stay in football and I've been offered a few different paths, like in football, but different pathways. But yeah, I still want to play. I still think I've got a lot to offer and I speak to me mates who have retired and they're going, play as long as you can, play as long as you can. And that's what, even to this day, I'm training with the brow on a Tuesday night now and even if it comes to down to playing there, I know fucking um, Tobo and that'll be saying get to the Brit and that, do you know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, I still want to play whatever it's, level it is. It sounds a bit unfair. You, you shouldn't be playing 35, should you? should be going, that, if you're going to play, you need to be, you need to go in with the, the young kids. Well, that's well. why I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. And even when Tobo and that says, and I'm looking, I see, like, because my little lad played for the schoolboys and he trained on Wally Hall. Obviously, Tobo was there with the Brit and I knew, like, obviously, Philo. Terry Murray, he was like a lo- yeah, loads Terrence of the old, Brown yeah, all, Terrence yeah. Brown, loads of the old lads are there, you know, playing and like over 30s and I don't feel like I'm still over 35, but yeah, I might have to go down that because to play, but yeah, I'd still like to test myself on, a, on in the Sunday Prem again, do you know what I mean? I'm that type of kid who always wants to see what I can do and how far I can go, even yeah. if it like, as you say, go and play in the Sunday Prem again and see why not, do you know what would be nice? to fucking play in the National Cup and try and like have a go at winning that you know you see like all the like the campy yeah, who get, obviously get, get in with them that's what I'm saying you got like you look at the campy who like obviously I live basically over the road from the campy yeah. and obviously I, I heard Anthony on this speaking about the Thermia which my house is in between Thermia and the campy yeah. where I grew up do you know what I mean so obviously I knew all the lads for either sides of the teams and you just think like even to like how the Oyster done and I've watched like the Nicosia at Anfield when they won it and I'd yeah, be like yeah. Some of the games, like you see in the National Cup, and some of like it'd be nice just to go and play in that again. Do you know, like we were speaking experience before, about, like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, experience about like obviously um, playing in the Welsh Prem and going into Europe. I've never done that, so I'd like to even have a go fucking maybe playing the Welsh Welsh Prem again to try and get a, have a game in Europe. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But as I say, go back to the, the National Cup, like how good the campy is and the Liverpool teams that have actually done well in that cup, like because it seems to be the last few years and. It's just like scouts teams that win it. Everyone's terrified, the scouts teams, yeah. you know what I mean? I'll tell you what, some of them have got a few quid, them teams, you know, they might be well, able to, they might be able to tie because for the season. You I know? spoke to a few lads and then obviously they're like, these are paying this though and that. I was like, I fucking might need some bills paying the yeah. end of the season, so yeah. fuck, it could be worth the call. It's right, it's right. So basically, mate, you've gone from playing at the Edinburgh Park, Dockers, Old Stafford, both Wembley's in a, yeah. you might have played in, in Europe for the Welsh team but you played at Wembley so I bet you there's not not, a, not there's many of the Welsh one regret I haven't played at Anfield I've yeah. played at Goodison loads of times even as a kid in like the Everton Cup and stuff like that school boys and that but I've never played at, Good, um, at Anfield which I, I'm gutted about a little bit you know I've played like I've probably played at fucking most stadiums around the UK yeah. even to like New Wembley or Wembley but I've never played in Anfield, and that's something that's like because I was a mad Liverpool fan growing up. It hates me a little bit, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll sort that for you. We we so play you're a over the hill, mob. No, we, play, we have, yeah, actually, we play, <laughs> a, we play a corporate game every year at Anfield in like a corporate tournament, and we we've won it the last. last oh, do you like, need players? Five like, years, give me a shout. You're in, you're in mate. You're in. No, you it, it is. It's one of them. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Be play a coach. You're in. No problem. So moving on to the next little feature that I do, which is sort of. Um, You've got like both sides of the of the uh, the tail, so you can you can throw Roberto Mancini in if you want. So it's basically your uh, Terry Murray. Yeah, Terry Murray. <laughs> it's basically to build. It's 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 usually to build the the perfect amateur footballer, but obviously most of your career or 
99.9% of it's been in the pro, so you just pick whoever you want to pick. And it's basically um, an attribute from each little part of, of the game to yeah. try and build up like a, 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 a boss player. So I always start with the, the left peg, who, who um, sweet left footers Probably are. Steve Guppy at Leicester, I'd say, because... You know how rare it is getting a left foot anyway, do you know what I mean? I think that's probably why I've continued to play as long as I can because I'm a left-footed and left-sided player which balances the team off. If you manage a yeah, team, you love a left-footed in your team, don't you? So, 100%. But not just him, I used to watch him even after training and he'd be like, first team lads would be going home and he'd go back out in the afternoon with balls. He'd be like late late 20s, early 30s. But yeah, he's like someone I looked up to because he'd be going back out doing extra training. Yeah, he had great delivery, he, didn't he? He was the first person I ever seen do extra training. As you say, delivery wise, he was on the button every time. The likes of um, Eski and, and uh, Tony Cotty and that getting whipped balls in off yeah, him. Yeah, off him. He was amazing. unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, that's what I'm saying. Like these are like obviously just average Premier League players, but when you train with them daily, yeah. you've seen actually how good he was. Yeah, how good they are. But was he all right as well? He was a boss said? fella, yeah. yeah Sound. Great. There was a good bunch of lads there, you know, there was no one, obviously apart from Savage used to give me stick because I used to wear Lacoste trackies then. Yeah. So it was like, you get stick from me, Lacoste trackies, but he was funny big time in a way. Yeah. If you get yeah, me, yeah. there was no assholes there, like. Yeah, it's right. What about right foot then? Right foot, I'm going to say Ricky Lambert, you know. Yeah. Because he could put it on a two pence from anywhere. When he played centre mid for, the, for Stockport that year, um, he was fucking unbelievable, honest to God. And like people say, ah, oh, he was fat and he was overweight, he couldn't do nothing, but looking at him football and wise his ability was an absolute joke yeah what a career Lawler spoke about him as well the other day he played with him when they were kids and he said that his nickname was Rocket Ricky because yeah. he could hit it that hard mate, it's unbelievable both feet, feet though as well he could do it do you know what I mean but same, like, with, same with him mate. People, some people say oh, no, no. What are you talking about? The yeah. lads played for Liverpool exactly that's what I'm saying he got stick for like, of Liverpool fans it's like I seen him when they like the the Everton Liverpool FA Cup derby last season. Yeah. Was it was it earlier this season, weren't it? This season. But yeah, fucking yeah. this COVID's yeah, got me up the yeah, wall. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've seen him I, like I was sat by him in the ground and I spoke to him. It's the first time I've seen him for ages. I've spoke to him, obviously, but the first time I've seen him. And then you think, like, as you say, some fans have had a go with him. You think he's a kid from Kirby. He's done unbelievable. Yeah, he's played for his, division, He yeah. fucking yeah. love Liverpool, mate. Yeah. And well, like of course. Absolutely worshipped him. Like I, I was a Liverpool fan, but he worshipped. You know, like you get these proper thoroughbred yeah. fans. Like he worshipped them, and folks for him to go and play for them and even score. And as you say, he went and played for England, score for England. He's fucking. He's got to have done something right, hasn't he? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Of course he has, mate. Of course, what a player. And it, like he, even the lads that he, he goes mates with, Ryan Taylor and all that. They've all had that's what all that boss careers. Ryan yeah. Taylor, I, I know him because we used to go to like obviously when I played for Tramia with the likes of the old the old brigade from Tramia they kept going to Magaluf every year so I jumped on with them and then I ended up signing so we continued the little thing for yeah. every year to the last couple of years of going to Magaluf it's just a piss up do you know what I mean little jolly boys, getting mad yeah, yeah. Uh, what about touch touch I'd say Nick Barnby yeah. left foot right foot I know people will probably think ah oh, fucking big time cunt here speaking about all the pros but it was just watching him in training he was unbelievable do you know like he comes to the end and obviously he played for Liverpool Everton's in England and that. Even his, his attitude and how professional he was, he fucking he was a proper winner, even in five sides, and that he never just thought, Oh, I'm just playing here, I'm not asked. He fucking wanted to win everything, do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like even though I was t- like what, 24, 25 at the time, I looked up to him so much. Not just because of what he'd done, but how he went about playing footy. 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? Is how professional he was. He was massive in that uh, in that cup season for Liverpool when he come in there uh, when Julia uh, got him in on and he plays on the left and he weren't even he's not he's not a wide player yeah. he's, he's a per, he's a he's perfect a, number he's ten, a number ten, ten really. yeah. but he played wide for Liverpool in that role and it, the goals he scored in that UEFA Cup the important ones yeah, definitely boss yeah, boss I used to love Barbie to be honest and I loved that uh, I always went a picture of a Liverpool kit it's always in that gold. A navy, yeah, the, like yellow with the, navy with the one. blue yeah. arm things yeah. there. Bosch, Bosch player, mate. What about skill then? Skill, I'd say Andy Fleming, Flemo, kid from Kirkdale, who yeah. played for Morecambe. He's Philo's cousin, he is. Yeah. Like, I'm not just saying, he's like left school, obviously went to camping and that just ends up smoking, you won't mind, he's smoking weed and that, you know what I mean? And ends up in like a co- further education college yeah. and ends up signing for Wrexham. Got away from obviously down, obviously Kirkdale. As a player, mate, I, t- I still told him to, to last season, he retired last season through a knee, knee injury. He was 30, I think he was early 30, 31. Yeah. But he was fucking unbelievable. As a player, if he believed in himself more, he'd have gone on to the top 100%. He was up there with the best I've played with and I've played with some good players and I tell him, even like compared to like Premier League lads, yeah. he was technically a fucking joke. Even skill, like skillful in that of what he could do with a ball. He was a centre mid, weighing a winger and all, but what he could do with a ball and... He was fucking, he was unbelievable, honestly. God, just watching some of the stuff he'd done, but he never even tried. Do you know what I mean? That's that. The, he had so much ability, but just didn't believe, yeah. yeah, didn't believe in himself. Do you know what I mean? Any any chance of you listen to this, do you think? He's been told for Philo, you know what Philo's like with yeah, that yeah. footy. Philo loves footy and that, and Philo used to get on him and stuff like that. It just like, there was times he could have gone but left Morecambe to kick on, but he was quite happy just being there and playing with us, like obviously us, as he classed us as mates and still yeah. living at home. I don't think he ever wanted to push on himself do you know what I mean which is a real shame actually because he could have fucking probably gone on and made a good few quid for himself yeah it's right and made up about that what about heading ability doesn't have to be can be a, a, just um, defending attack John Murphy yeah big kid who played like Scouse lads went on Chester Blackpool and all that he was fucking he was ridiculous in the air I know like you see centre half so you'll just edit it like because Jim Bentley they obviously old gaffer used to the fucking medicine ball head he used to just edit a mile but John Murphy was a forward and like it weren't just like flick-ons or that he knew what he was doing he was as good with his head as he yeah. was with his feet directional yeah, wise do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, he knew yeah. where he was putting it with his head it wasn't just like oh flick-on or this or he put it in a place where he knew people were going to get onto the end of it it was like that was his best foot I used to say it's your best foot do you know what I mean his head <laughs> best foot best foot your fod what foot is that your fod foot is that what about the quickest who's the quickest quickest Scott Wiseman he was coming through a hole when I was there he's like fucking a young kid from Hull. He went on to, obviously, I think he, he's still at Salford. He's just been released from Salford oh, City. He, yeah. he went on and played for Preston and all that. He was like the fastest kid I've ever seen. Yeah. He was ridiculous. And he's like, he got his first car. I think he got like fucking one of them Reynolds Cleo Williams or something back then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is like, so your speed the car the yeah. car just summed him up. Yeah. His personality, yeah. how he was, everything was at 100 miles an hour. Do you know what I mean? RS2 yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, so say Scott Wiseman. What? He's fucking rapid. Who was quick at Leicester when they were there at the time? Was Achenbaye quick? Achenbaye was, was quick, you know. He was better, you know, like, they paid five million quid for him and the shit he got. He was a boss fella, you know, like, obviously I got on with him because he played, he was in the door and he took me under his wing a bit yeah. because he played with Michael Branch and he knew I knew Michael Branch. He played with him at Wolves. Yeah. So obviously I got speaking to him and he was a quiet fella. He weren't like arrogant or big time or nothing. And they paid five million quid for him, which was a lot of money back then. Yeah. And he got so much stick off like expected the, yeah. like another esky way. That's that what I mean. The, the stick he got from like home fans, away fans, the media, everything. 
And it was like funny because my celebrations, what I do when I score, I mess around, take my top off and flex. That was from yeah, he done that. Yeah. He I done it at that, that time. With that pitcher, absolute unit, mate, Wayne. And obviously, you used to see him in the gym. He used to do all stuff like, oh, don't get me wrong, he twat the gym. But that picture is like, I just do it because that picture sticks with me because I was sat in the stand that day when he took that top off yeah. and just absolutely it was a back of the paper the next day and he that's just his, that hell. was probably just his release mate from, get, yeah, from, that, getting, from getting, like, getting shit yes, off everyone yeah. do you know what I mean because he, he weren't even like an arsehole or big time he was a quiet fella so he must have just took so much on like board yeah. and not released any and then all of a sudden just took his top off like the Hulk that's how cruel it is mate these internet dickheads that's what I'm saying the keyboard warriors ship, I was like even when I spoke out about mental health a few years ago and it was like I was expecting because I'm a, I, I'm seen as a bit of a cunt and a bit of a wind up merchant, a bit and of this, I, yeah. But yeah, the response I got was unbelievable. But I was worried speaking out because, as you say, you get a fucking so many keyboard warriors just like having a go at players and not understanding of where they're at or why they chose certain path of going to a different club or yeah, left them to go to someone else. Of course, means and hopefully that's something that starts changing in the game going forward now and. and- I don't know how do you get a grip of it with these these an internet dickheads who shit behind like little fake profiles well, giving people. It's shit. another one side I laugh at. I, I played with Curtis Woodhouse. You've seen him on Twitter, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, he's done it. That's what I'm saying. Know. I played with him and like he was fucking unbelievably technically very good, but yeah. not asked. Just knew, used to, never used to come in training. Used to just lads would be like, "Where's Curtis today?" One of the lads would come home, come in the next day and go, seen him jogging around the estate with his other. He used to go training, boxing. He used to come in with black eyes. He used to want to just box. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he'd come in and then he's another one and you just think, fucking hell, you're like, wow, what a guy, do you know, he's fucking just mad. But then he got, obviously, all his tweets going back to the Twitter thing with him. He ends up turning up at one of the lads' house, someone gave him an address, didn't he? He turned up at a house, didn't he? It's fucking mad, isn't it? The stuff stuff that goes on and all that, on that online. Um, Who was in the best nick or who looked after themselves the best? I'd say Craig Curran, kid from Old Swan, who played, he obviously, Brownie and that'll know him and, he was a year younger than Brownie, I think. But coming through, like, I first signed for Tramia, we could do this nine-mile run on Wirral Country Park and then, obviously, onto Mulvama, up the hill. Yeah. And he was a kid. I think he must have been a first-year pro. Mate, we got, like, got out of the, the van, stretched off a little bit, and Les Parry was like, going off his go. And within 30 seconds, he it was a long road, He'd gone out of our sight. He used yeah. to call him the lung. He was fucking, <laughs> honest to God, he was ridiculous. I look at, like, he plays for Connors Key Nomads now. He's obviously played in Scotland, had a good little career for himself. And um, even to this day, I follow him on like, social media, speak to him quite a bit. He's doing, like, his sessions he's doing daily. Now, even, like, it's fucking what you see him doing to still this, this day. And you're like, fucking hell, lad, you yeah. need to have a break, mate. You're going to just burn <laughs> yourself out totally. He was um, like, he was a machine. They called him the lung, honest to God. Ridiculous runner. Boss, boss name, that the lung. Okay, now. What about our strongest, like physically strongest? Um, Steve McNulty, probably, yeah. playing against him. Gets them. a shout off everyone. That's Steve. what I'm saying. And even like, people look at him, footballing, mate, he was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Do you know, playing as a centre half and like, cool as, like, I laugh because I went and played with Jamie Jamie Chandler. Obviously, he used to fake to chop it down the line and just cruyff back in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And for someone so big as Macha, like you look at him and you think, "Fucking hell, he doesn't look like a footballer." Him when he first come across him, but he was fucking. He was technically very one of the best on the pitch when he played. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you look yeah. at him and it's like even for the strength and that, I don't know you should have strength for the size, but he used it well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Brownie raved about him. Every, every, every time, of, he, he's another one, like Mike Marsh, 
your signings to get you in the in the football league. Yeah. yeah, that's what they do. But he's agreed to come on as well. I'm gonna get him on the yeah. pod and uh, be great to speak to him about his experiences. But yeah, he was a very good player him uh, and imposing, got stuck in. I seen that the Fleetwood manager was talking on a, a podcast the other week saying um one of the best signings he's made for Fleetwood. Yeah, like, that's what I've seen that because obviously I few of my mates play like obviously who I'm close with played with Fleetwood with him, do you know what I mean? And yeah. obviously he's he's basically half of the reason why Fleetwood's where they are and yeah, boss. when obviously what happened when they come in the football league they should have stuck with the likes of him and the other lads that fucking got them where they are because they're the heartbeat of the club do you know what I mean yeah, and definitely. it was a shame like being a pro footballer and someone you play against for a club to treat them like the way they are when they got basically got them where they was yeah I know it's a, it's and as you say for the chairman to come out to this day to still say like obviously Vardy's been there as such and that yeah. but yeah he said Mac, it was a mistake yeah, yeah. Mach is still like probably the best best sign I've ever done what about leadership leadership I'd go probably Ian Sharps yeah it was like Tammy, a captain, and that he was fucking. He was good. He was, he was too nice in a way, but yeah, leadership. You knew what you get out of him, and he'd lead by example, yeah, proper yeah. pro, and someone you you'd look up to. But yeah, he'd be quiet off the pitch, but on the pitch he'd be very vocal, and he, as I say, obviously his qualities of leadership were unbelievable. What What's uh, your best goal, Kev, that you've you've scored in the uh, in the pro ranks? Scored. I don't know. There's a couple, you know. Um, I like my volley at Rochdale. People say like it's, that's unbelievable. But like you get it on YouTube now, and it's still fucking the pitches not the best. But that's up there. I like my Exeter one. A couple. I scored against Exeter a couple of years ago and done the Achenbay yeah. celebration. It's like I half. That's like a slipping. bit of a, a bit of our famous picture, that it. Yeah. So I half slipped into like a volley and put it in the top bin and like just went like a rocket. You know what I mean? And there's one from about thirty five yards out on. The um, the old YouTube there that older shot when we my first season it might have been so 2012 season maybe keeper kicked it long their defender edited it and I've come back onto it just outside the centre circle on the halfway and just I've I've volleyed it type thing in the top bin do you know what I mean like from yeah. fucking 35 yards I think that's up there as well do you know what I mean Gosh. but it's mad because I'm probably not technically one of the most gifted players but yeah I've probably made a career out of pro footy by working hard and fucking putting my head on the line and staying fit and looking after myself so to get an accolade of fucking scoring some good goals you know what I mean it's a bit of a bonus like it's right mate it's right so here's one for you in in the pro game what was the hardest the hardest away or the horriblest place to go and the same for the amateur when you were playing amateur Um, I go to the amateur first Almatech when I played there and knowing obviously where it was situated up and they played in Seve Park and that it was like I remember playing one game there and fucking, it all kicked off arguing, and then obviously me being, I was only a kid then, do you know what I mean? And um, I remember they were all arguing, and then one of them threatened to shoot me. <laughs> but it was mad because fucking, no, growing up as a kid, like back then, 20 odd years ago, getting threatened to get shot was like, was a big thing, weren't it? Yeah. Where now fucking every dickhead on the street tries to threaten yeah. to shoot you, don't they? Do you know what I mean? But back then it was fucking a thing, so it was funny because the week later, I actually seen the same fella. Obviously, he was older than me back then. He must have been like 28 at the time. I think he was doing a bit of bodyguard for like Liverpool's Cissé and yeah. obviously players like that. Do you know what I mean? Back then, yeah. I think he was like their bodyguards or like, and we had a little laugh and a joke in the news bar. It was when the like, news bar was open. Do you know what I mean? He's like, nah, I was only messing. You know what? I, but that, so I'd say that was probably more, just us. We need to level this little. Yeah, that here. was intimidating then. Do you know what I mean? Being a kid and obviously playing against the Almatech. 
And obviously, even growing up, I used to watch them when he used to watch the Seymour. And obviously, is it Rod McDonald used to play? Yeah. The kid, yeah. he went and played for Rangers. That's in his lads play a bit of pro now. And um, I remember like the Seymour lads shouting to him, fucking superstar, who the fuck do you, Bim? Do you remember Bim now? Play for the Seymour. What was his proper name? Kenny Saunders, no. Kenny Saunders. Was it? Oh, he was just known as Bim. He's like, me growing up, like, if you ask people to say Bim for the Seymour, grey-haired fella, yeah. he was fucking hard as nails, mate. And I remember him shouting on to it. Obviously, he had just come out of playing pro and non-league footy. This Rob McDonald, who played for Rangers and that. And he played with the Almond Tech. And he's like, I'll fucking snap your neck, superstar, and all that. So I think he was like, always sitting behind like the Seymour and the Almond Tech. Because yeah. back then days, they were like probably the better... Yeah. The better teams in the non probably, in, in the Sunday team. Probably Sunday won prep. national cups now. Yeah, that's the what the both times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, did yeah. So you going for it? What about the pro game then? Where did you rate going? Um, do you know what? Hated going. I I'm one of those players that used to. I love going to the shit places and the places where you get canes. I think because yeah, drive off it a bit. Yeah, because it, it spared me. It had a feel to my fire, and I and like I enjoyed them. There was challenges. I I, I never really ate it. No, what probably. I hated going to Wacky probably over a look at it now, Accrington, because it was a little bit of a derby with Morecambe. They were like our bogey team and the dressing it was only because the dressing rooms there were fucking a shambles. Yeah. They were so small, <laughs> all like the old wood on the the walls like from years ago when you were a kid and your nan and dad used to have them and there was no showers in there. I think the shower just trickled out, do you know what I mean? So overall, not as in worried or... Intimidated yeah, fearful, by it, but just, just a shit horrible, place. Yeah. yeah, a shit place. I'd say Accrington. No way, boss mate. So I always end it with the uh, the all knockout pairs, the all scouse games. So if you're having a game of knockout pairs on the field, let's say you're just on the dockers, and you've got to pick someone to be your partner, and you're going up against the lads you've come on before, and they've picked their partners, and I think Gregor went with Chandler. I'm going to pick Jamie, you know. Seriously, you know, I won't go with any pros because, like, I've got a lot of respect for Jamie and I played, like, footy with him for a few years and I, like, as a kid, he's fucking a tough fella and as a footballer, he's he's one of those who don't, like, I don't know whether he did get the chance but he never, from my point of view, had a good, fair chance of trying to kick on and make something for himself, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. technically, very for, for how he played centre-half and that, he was very, very good. So I'll probably pick Jamie Chandler, you know. That's right, mate. So he'll be made up with that. So when, when he comes I, on, if he doesn't pick you, he's And I love he's him because like, he still sticks to all his Isle boots, doesn't he? He still loves all his Isle boots and that. And, and like he's forever putting them on his Instagram, all his yeah. Isle gear and that. Yeah. And I fucking... He's a nice kid. I've got a lot of time for Jamie. He's right, mate. Thanks very much. Kev, thanks for your time, mate. You're welcome, mate. It was a pleasure to be on. Hopefully, once the, this uh, kicks on again, everyone knows where they are. Your phone's like the bat phone ringing. Commissioner yeah, Gordon's I know, I keep checking it now to see if it's fucking any signal because it hasn't gone, but I know the brow and fucking Tobo's there with the Brits, so I've got something lined you, up. You'll be, play, <laughs> be playing some sort of footy, mate. Yeah, yeah I'll be playing Defo, whatever sure that'll it, be. I'm sure it'll still be in the uh, the pro game, mate, so best of luck to you. Thanks very much for your time. Nice, nice one, mate. Pleasure to be on. Ta-ra.